All right. Let's say something funny to start the show. So I don't have to think of or find anything in the show. I can just quickly throw it together tonight. Okay. So just be hilarious right now for me. Sure thing. Okay. And then then I'll start the show. Hey, remember that time you lost the show? Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 333B of the Sneaky Dragon Podcast. What, what, wait, wait, what? What? What, 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 what are you saying? What? What am I, try, what am I trying to say? Yeah, this... I'm getting some deja vu here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you lay down what's uh, what's going on? Well, this is a, this is a, this is a repodcast. A repod. Of, of, yeah, repod of okay. episode 333. Right, which we had to get rid of because of the things we said. Because that's right. We made some very made controversial some, statements. It said some things. Yep, that you can't I tried take to walk back them, about Richie Rich. I tried to walk them back. Yep, you can never walk it back. You said some things about Pee Wee mm-hmm. and Freckles. Yep. That, uh, look, I, I, and I understand. Yep. I understand that uh, sometimes we have to uh, completely destroy all evidence mm-hmm. of an episode. Uh, when you've gone too far, <laughs> why is it me? And uh, and ending the show with the four-hour minstrel show, I think was also. <laughs> now I understand it was a relative of yours that wrote it, and it was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, totally a different time. But I think the problem was throughout the the the, the minstrel show. Yep. you kept like uh, saying this is still relevant. That's and right. I still believe all of this. Yeah, I, and I think this stands. And it, you kept saying that constantly. And it was weird. Which that I didn't the, think uh, gave the yeah. excuse that it was a different time. It was weird that the minstrel show was called hashtag woke. <laughs> that was the strangest part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I don't want to say I'm complacent when I I've always worried about because we record the show on an SD card. Right. It's very small. We used to record sneaky, it on an STD card, but but uh, we realize better to have we're it on trying a to do viral SD. marketing. I thought you were going to make a little joke that SD was sneaky dragon card, but instead you went with the STD. <laughs> STD. Yeah. Thank were you. Were you going to go with a sneaky? dragon I was going to go with a little cute thing. Oh, why don't you? Why don't we start that again? Yeah. All right. No, all right third episode. <laughs> third episode. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Sneaky Dragon this episode three 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 C. I'm Ian Boothby. <laughs> And I'm David Dedrick. Hey, Dave, what happened to the uh, last episode? I heard, I think we lost it. What? What do you mean? Did uh, you have that? What type of card is it again? <laughs> it's on an SD card. An SD card? Yeah. I'm not a technical guy, Dave. What's that stand uh, for? Sneaky Dragon card. Oh. <laughs> it's not as funny the eighth time. Uh, this is the eighth time we started the show, everyone. We're really, we're really being perfectionists. I don't know. It's that thing where you do something and you just, you just blurt it all out. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to it and you try and reproduce it. It just doesn't work. No, it's better. Yeah. It's better the second time. Yeah, no, no. You know, we did, uh, I think we made a mistake. After my parents tried to reproduce me, <laughs> it just never worked out. It was they never quite the same. Weird yeah, copies. They got some weird copies. They didn't copies work out. of copies. Yeah. yeah. All right, that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, well, welcome back to us doing this one more time. So we normally record this on a Thursday. We're recording yeah. it on a Monday. Monday. Uh, a traditionally Garfield's least favorite day. <laughs> Uh, though why a cat with no fucking job has an opinion <laughs> on the work week, I've got no idea. I, I don't know if you realize, I don't know if you've read Garfield, but he is an incredibly empathetic character mm. that feels our pain, feels our Monday morning blues. Okay. And he has taken, Christ-like, taken that on himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he speaks to our, our uh, ennui as uh, Monday morning Fantastic. work goers. So let's break this down. But Garfield here's the thing about Monday. Can I just say one thing about Monday mornings? Or going I, I to work? Do, but I want to go back to this Garfield thing. So okay. go ahead. What about Monday? Oh, I was going to say Monday is like the the least terrible day to work in the week. I mean, I know it's a drag getting I up. I love Monday so much. It's such a drag getting up, as uh, Rolling Stone said. But it's work is actually like work. That's the quickest day of the week that work goes okay. because it's fresh. It's new. 
By the time you get to Wednesday and Thursday, oh, you have had it. That like it's the same That's old, same old. Day. Yeah, yeah. It's the same old, same old. Monday, it's still fresh. You're just coming off Sunday. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing the same thing on Sunday. You weren't moving garage doors around on Sunday, for instance. In my case, you weren't whatever people, other people are doing on Mondays. But so or on Sunday. So when you get back on Monday, it feels fresh. You're just doing a bunch of stuff that normally it has a bit of a grind feel to it. But yeah. it's a little today. It's a little new. I'd say in a traditional office, you have to do the same amount of work you do on the other days. But you are not used to it. You have like got logi. It's like a summer vacation. You're coming back to school. You don't remember everything. You're not you're not ready uh, and prepped to uh, to do the work. I think uh, that throws you off, and then you feel like, oh, yeah. it's so much worse. I think they they chose the wrong day. For me, Thursday is the uh, busiest day, by far the busiest day. Because if uh, as a freelancer, I heard you do a podcast. That's true. It's on the busiest day. I know. Uh, so, but but <laughs> why did we decide on that? I, I yeah. So, um, because Friday is the day that I can get stuff yeah. in and get still get paid for it because it's the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday is the worst day because nothing's going on and it's really annoying. Uh, Monday is great because everything's back functioning again and uh, yeah. you, you've got usually deadlines in front of you, but uh, you've got time to do them. So, yeah. it's, it is the least pressure-filled day. Jeez, if you ever want to move the recording day, let me know. I have no problem. I don't know. It's like, to me, you've got, I don't know what a better day would be. Wednesdays, I do the Critical Hit Show yeah, often, so, so we'd have yeah. to flip flop flap that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. around and fridays you get off a little early and i don't want to ruin your uh, nice uh friday big big uh, afternoon relaxing yeah. time it's my time to go home and land uh, try and read a book and fall asleep in the armchair it's nice yeah right, so we're not gonna do that we're gonna keep it on thursday mm-hmm. it's all right mm-hmm. uh tuesdays i have choir tuesdays so you have choir mm-hmm. uh and mondays garfield says are the worst day of the week <laughs> the and day. we both you know i'm a strict garfieldian you're a strict garfieldian garfieldatarian uh, no, I'm going to go Garfieldian. Um, it's my religion. And there, there we go. But now that you've mentioned Garfield is Jesus, yeah. I, I like this idea. So I'm going to follow with <laughs> okay, it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I said know. like Jesus, but okay, you go on. Like Jesus. Yeah. You said he was bigger than Jesus. I I said, that's right. Garfield is bigger than Jesus. Right. Physically, because he's a very fat cat. He's and, so big. And, and Jesus was a thin mm-hmm. guy with really good abs. We've seen that, who has never touched a carb in his life. Mm. Um, except the bread. I guess he had the bread. It's fine. But he made it, he made it himself. Literally he made, himself. made it himself. Yeah. All right. I see you looking at the thing, and I'm going to make sure that this is actually oh, recording. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So let me ask you this then: if if uh, if Garfield is the Christ figure in the Garfield strip, who are the other characters? Who is Odie <laughs> then to uh, to Garfield's Jesus? Oh, well, Judas. Oh, he says Judas. He's going to betray yeah. him in the end. Yeah, he's his friend. Okay, how about John? Who's John in that? Is he John the Baptist? He's clearly John the Baptist because <laughs> his name is John, and he's the one who brought Garfield. Like it brought Garfield into the world. That's absolutely true. Yeah. He did introduce Garfield to all of us yeah. by saying, "This is my cat Garfield. I am John. Yeah. I am a cartoonist, and yet never yeah. cartoons again." Yeah. After that period of time, oh, that's fantastic. All right, so John's on again, off again girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot her name. I don't think she needs a name. Uh, sh- uh, who is she? Is she in 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 this uh, biblical setup? She doesn't necessarily have to be a woman. She doesn't have to be a Mary. Doesn't have to be a Mary. To be a Mary Magdalene or no? Okay. Um, she is. She's a veterinarian, so she's a healer. You know she's what? A her character. I'm going to call her a Thomas. She's the doubting Thomas in the. Ah. Yeah. So when John says Garfield feels this, she's all. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give that. She's the Thomas, mm-hmm. and because she's a veterinarian, she would put her fingers in his wounds if they occurred. <laughs> That's right. right. There you go. Yeah. That all makes sense. Yeah. No, we all cleared it up now. Uh, but and you, if you, we uh, didn't uh, specify who Nermal is, though. Oh, Nermal. Yeah. Okay, we've already got the Judas. I would you say he's uh, Paul? 
or well, who who's who's the no. first pope? Peter or is it Paul? P- Peter, yeah. Peter. So Nermal, uh, Peter wasn't my rock. A, Peter on... wasn't a pope, but yeah. What's that? Peter was never like a pope. Okay, but yeah, yeah, all right. But uh, he was the one who carried on after Garfield. Yep. So I'd say that would be him, wouldn't it? Who do you think? Nermal. Uh, let's call Nermal. I don't know who Nermal would be actually. Pontius Pilate. No, I was going to go there. I was thinking of the character of. I would the... say if there was ever a raccoon in the strip, then that would be a Pontius Pilate. Well, you don't see Nermal. You don't see Nermal anymore. So Nermal is the young, the rich youth who came to Christ and wanted to join. And Christ said, "You have to give away all your worldly riches before right. you can." And then he just left because he thought, "Well, I can't do that." Well, here's my theory. That's what Nermal did. Here's my theory on on Nermal in this in the strip, and we're going to leave the uh, blasphemy behind for just a little bit. But, <laughs> but listen, anyone out there wants to do fan art. Uh, of that, of uh, biblical images, imagery with uh, Garfield, uh, please send it to us. We'd love yeah. to see that. Um, my theory is this. When you first saw Nermal, Garfield was a very different looking cat. He was very, very large, small eyes, did not look the way he does now. Is that right? Yeah, he was in the first, this is in the first book, which okay. now sounds like we're talking biblically again. Um, <laughs> and he shows up and he's the world's cutest kitten. Now, here's what happens over time. Garfield becomes very normalized. He becomes oh, bigger he gets eyes. cuter. He gets cuter to the point where mm. you can stick him on the back of your car. Uh, suction cups. I think what happened was... But he doesn't have the eyelashes oh, the normal has. True. But here's what I think happened. I think that Garfield uh, died of whatever a gigantic cat dies of. Uh, <laughs> normal then goes, yeah. listen, I'm going to replace Garfield. He's, he grows because he's a kitten. Mm. And they grow very fast. So within yeah. six months, he's cat size. Yeah. He packs on some weight. Dyes his trims, hair. Trims the eyelashes. Uh, dyes his hair on the weekends. It's a black and white strip normally, so not really That's a big true. deal. Yeah. Uh, trims That's his true. eyelashes. Not the hardest thing in the world to do. Takes over the Garfield thing. All of a sudden, Garfield to the moon. Doing fantastic. And the original <laughs> Garfield, he's buried in the backyard. That could be. With uh, Lyman. That doesn't make him very Christ-like <laughs> if he's still buried. Oh, Lyman. That's right. Who is Lyman? Lyman was uh, Lyman was one of those ones like... Uh, Oh, I can't even think of a name. But one of those ones that you just they're mentioned once and you never hear about them as like a disciple. Like, How about Loki? Can we put, make him Loki? Well, yeah, that's right. He's the like, disciple Loki. The trick, trickster. Trickster. Yeah, the trickster disciple. And the greatest trick that Loki ever played was erasing himself from the Bible. That's what he did. Yep. Because it's so, it's so hard to use a, an eraser. <laughs> so he's such a skilled guy. So, when, so that's everyone, Garfield talk. Uh... Here's what someone said on Twitter after I, I wrote that the show would not be on because it was lost slash stolen. They said, please elaborate. So let me elaborate. Please do. And I was going to say, because uh, we we do record the show on an, on an SD card. On a, What's that stand for? Uh, Sneaky Dragon? Silly Dickens. <laughs> Silly Dickens. That's good, too. <laughs> Snapdragon. It... Um, you know, we record the show on that. I put, I have a little plastic case for it that it came with, and I put it in there, and then I just throw it, put it in my pockets of my pants, which I've often thought to myself, this is kind of dangerous. Yeah, this is a dangerous behavior for you know. We have like our three-hour marathon show in in my pants pockets, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to. It was trust. especially long one this week. It was especially long that one, and I, I'm going to trust you know to fate that it's not going to fall out of my pocket, which it, you know to be fair. It never had before, and well, that's as, the thing. And as gentlemen, we trust our pants. We do trust. That's right. Because if our pants let us yeah. down, mm-hmm. we're in jail. That's right. That's 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 a gentleman's yeah. agreement with our pants. That's right. We are the gentlemen of the traveling pants. 
And so, you know, as with traveling pants, one must trust traveling pants to hold on to our right. worldly If you lose positions. faith in your pants, they will fall down. They, that's right. That's what keeps them together. Trust is the ba- belt. Trust, that's right. The, well, it's, we call it a trust belt. Uh, and people say, do you wear a trust? And I say, yes, of course, a trust belt. So, um, And they go, I don't believe you. And then your pants fall down. <laughs> what I normally do when I get home, though, is I pull it, take it out of my pocket and I put it up on a shelf. In our, we, have, we have a series of cubbies in our entryway downstairs for where our coats get hung up and our shoes mm-hmm. get placed and, and then and, and shoved and then things get pushed in there and then it's a big mess. But anyway, so we have these cubbies. And so I just put them on top. I put the, put the uh, SD card when I get home usually on top of that. But here's the thing. I got home. I even went out to the shop to do something. Did I leave it with the computer? No, I didn't. I brought it back in the house. Did I put it on top of the ledge? No, I didn't. I just left it in my pocket. I think I was tired and I kind of distracted. I've been kind of distracted lately just because of car things and all, yeah. all the rest of it. So and taxes. And we just have like, you know, there's a lot of things on the go right now. Sure. So I went. I just left it in my pants pocket. I went to bed. I just took them off, threw them on the floor as, as I do. And then I crawled into bed, went, went to sleep, got up the next day, went to the gym, went to work. Pants have stayed at home. They don't come with me when I wherever I go. I know they're the, the traveling pants, but the, mm-hmm. the, there's only so much traveling. Yeah. Then I came home and I had to go pick up Mary, and so I put them on. Cha- you know, I changed out of my work clothes, and uh, which you know are all covered in g- grease and and dirt, dirt and are torn all over the place from catching them. Right, because you're a male stripper. I'm a male stripper. Why why would I be greasy and dirty from being a male stripper? You... Male stripper. A male stripper is something totally different. Have you ever totally been different. to a male strip show? To be honest. Uh, no. I, all right, then I stand stand by where Martin. Okay, <laughs> there you are. You've got me. You have me on ignorance. Um, so I put through on these. I threw my pants mm-hmm. and I put on a shirt and I went to pick her up at her from work. And we're coming back and I was like, okay, well we have to stop at the dollar store because I need to buy a new cat dish for Risa because Al had knocked her other cat dish off the table trying to eat from it. Oh, because he's a jerk. And it's ceramic. And it was a ceramic cat dish. Yeah. Okay. So we stopped at the dollar store and bought um we bought a cat dish and some chips. I'll I'll be honest. Oh, also in a big Turk bar. And uh, so I was uh, brand name chips or dollar store chips. I know brand name chips. Very good. Yeah. And so I you know it was a certain amount of money and I thought well I've got some change I've got a ton of change burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah. So I reached in and pulled it out and paid you know gave them exact change. Yeah. And I was joking around with the two guys who were working at the Dollarama and Mary was there and then we left. And then drove home, and then you know I did whatever that night. What would be joking around with the dollar store guys? Really, like, uh, almost as much change as in the weather. That kind of joke. Like, no, uh, bec- I was going to pay for everything, but then Mary had gone to the other, had gone to the first cashier. So then I pretended to go to the other guy. Ah, so that leaving her to pay for her ah, stuff. Ah, nice. It's a little bit of a gag there. Mean and good. And then the other, <laughs> what's that? Sorry, mean and good. Mean and good. Yeah. And then there's a few more little things. And then the one guy's like, oh, so you're saying that I'm faster than... Because I said, oh, I thought I'd get out here faster if I split it up. <laughs> and the, the guy's like, oh, you think I'm faster than he is? And blah, blah, blah. What, you know, it was good good joking. So anyway, so I wasn't going to work on the show that night. So I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't no. thinking about it at all. So then uh, the next day I'm like, well, I guess I came home from the gym and I'm like, well, I guess I should get started on uh, the show. So I went to the pants, reached in the pocket, no show. And of course you do the... Four pocket search. Sure. Not there. The micro pocket. Do you have a micro pocket? I have a micro pocket. I searched in there. I had two uh, American quarters in there that I put put aside because they have the the states quarters. I always try and collect those uh, different ones. Four bits. It's nice. Yeah. So uh, so it wasn't there. So I'm like, oh, I must put it out in the shop. So I go to the shop, look around out there. Nope, not in the shop. Hmm. Like I'm, well, I usually put it in the entryway. I don't, I didn't remember where I put it though. I had no like memory of doing anything with a card. 
So then I went back in the house. I'm looking around, searching around. And I'm like, well, I might have fallen down. So then I'm like on my hands and knees, like shaking shoes that are down below, like sure. in case it had fallen down and landed in some Black shoes. Black widow spiders jump, jumping out. <laughs> yeah, Black widow spiders. Ah, they were scared just because I was shaking yeah. them in the shoes. Uh, and then, and then so I'm searching through the various cubbies just to see if, like, a, you know, you start sure. getting desperate, right? So you're, you're searching around and the whole time I'm searching, I'm like, man, it's dirty in here. Why? What was the last time I vacuumed? But I didn't want to vacuum because I was like, then you were vacuuming and you hear this of this uh, SD sure. card flying up your vacuum. So, so then I'm like, oh man, it's not down here. So I went upstairs. I'm searching around the armchair where I was uh, watching TV the night before. Then uh, just searching everywhere. Went back to the bedroom, searched in there. Once again, I was sweating now because I was nervous. Yeah. And I was, and I was sitting getting covered with all this dust from picking up books and stuff that I had like sitting on the floor forever. Yeah. And I was just, okay, move it. So I was piling all these books up. So I could you know, see what was on the floor exactly around around my bed, and so I moved all those, and re- and then I was searching along under the bed, and then I had my my phone using as a flashlight, and I was shining it along, and I gotcha, yeah, and looking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, I was like, did I put it on my dresser? And then I was looking at my dresser, and maybe it fell down, and so I was like searching on all four sides of my dresser, opening the sock drawer and looking inside, and then the t-shirt drawer, looking inside there, right down to the bottom. So anyway, I searched forever. Thing is, right now, because we don't, we're missing a car. So Lisa had my car, and there was no other cars at home because mm-hmm. everyone was gone. So oh yeah, and I phoned, I phoned Mary and said, uh, "Would you mind looking in your car to see if it fell out of my pocket sure. in the car?" So she she searched her car, didn't find it there. So then I was like, "Oh man, I have no idea what." So then you're really desperate. Then you're like, "Well, I guess, I guess I'll just walk down and I'll I'll look because Lisa and I went to this uh, used car lot near our house and we just walked along the fence line looking at the vehicles that sure. were there. So I wonder if I fell in my pocket there. So. She got home and I thought, I'm just going to borrow the car. Just going to drive down and, and see, because uh, she was between lessons. So I drove down and I, I walked along the fence line. Of course, it's not there. You, you're just like so desperate. Then I was like, what? I said, well, maybe when I was buying stuff at the dollar store, it may have fallen sure. in my pocket. I have no idea. So I went over to the dollar store, go inside there. I go up to the guy. And it was the same guy who was working there as the day before. So sure. I went went to him. Did the same joke to him? Well, of course. I don't have original <laughs> material. People have heard this show before. So then uh, I said to... I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me from yesterday, but I'm just kind of retracing my steps. I was out, I came here yesterday and I've, I've lost this SD card that was in a, pla- a gray plastic yeah. container. And he goes, ah, and he snaps his fingers and points his finger in the air and he goes, ah, you. And he goes over to the drawer and he opens it up, reaches inside. Oh, it's not in there. Scrabbles around. Oh, some, it wasn't here. We threw it in here yesterday. Oh, he closes, he looks through all four drawers and, and where the cashier registers yeah. are. So then he calls the manager down and he's like, did someone move it into the back? And she's like, oh, I'll go check. So she goes to the back and she checks and she goes, I can't see it back there. Weird. So they're looking all over for it. But he did. He find did. It. Yeah, the two guys found it the day before and the guy, who, other guy who found it had thrown it into the drawer yeah. thinking I would come, I would notice yeah. it was gone, which of course I didn't because, you know, it was just with a pile of change in my pocket and, you know, you just have this lump in your pocket, you know, right. differentiate and go, oh, there's a, my, my SD cards in there and a bunch of change. And by the way, this is Canada. So when you have change in your pocket, you have big change in your pocket. Sure. You know, there's toonies and loonies. Toonies and loonies. Yeah, we eliminated the penny uh, quite a while ago after yeah. it. But I had some pennies from being a- down in the it states. Killed some people. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you ever saw Penny Dreadful? They know the story of it. That's right. Yeah, it was a senseless tragedy. It was terrible. So then uh, happened in Sud. No, that was a giant nickel in Sudbury. Forget it. Anyway, um, so then, yeah. So I just stood there and I'm just like, at first, my heart just went bing. Like, yeah. this is the best news I could possibly get. Yeah, no one's been this happy in a dollar store in a long oh. time. No, not since I saw the chips for sale the day before. And then... Uh, Sat down, bought yourself a Mart bar. <laughs> or a they're, they're, medi- they're Meteor bar. <laughs> yeah. They're Meteor. They're Island bar. So then... The big turf. <laughs> why is it green? 
they're the old big Turks. Um, so then I'm waiting and I'm looking at my watch. Uh, or looking at my phone because right. my watch is broken. And Lisa's, and I was thinking, okay, I gotta get this car back to Lisa because she has to go to a lesson. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll come back in a minute, you know, and hopefully you guys will have found it. So I took off, returned the car to her, walked back to the store, got back there, you know, 20 minutes later, walked in, they're pointedly ignoring me. I'm like, oh, this is not good. So then uh, finally the lady came around and she's like, she's like, yeah, sorry, we cannot find it anywhere, like nowhere. So she said, do you wanna leave your name and number? And if it turns up, we'll, we'll return it to you. She says, it's here. We'll find it. But we just don't know where it is. But I'll be honest with you. It's people who work at a dollar store. Mm-hmm. And Aldergrove has lots of poor people living in Aldergrove. And I just have a feeling that someone saw it in the drawer and went, score, free SD card. I have no idea what people would want an SD card for because they're pretty specific, like, memory mm-hmm. things. Like, they're not something like, you can oh, use I, them I, in. I know why they'd want it. Hmm. Because if uh, you put information on that, and that would be valuable. Like information, like you might have some bank stuff. Oh, there, I see. Or I see. files or yeah, yeah. something important. Mm. And then they'll be able to take your stuff. Oh, okay. So well, let me ask that question. Did you? No, it all it had was the shows on it. Very good then. So yeah, there's nothing about it. How many shows did it have on it? About six. Okay. Just because I leave, I mean, I have those at home. I have yep. the, but those are like the raw files that I usually, I'll keep, I'll get a certain amount on there. And as it starts to fill up, I'll just then take them off and put them well, on. Well, I'm too. hoping that they're going to listen to all six, really get to know you and feel shit about it. <laughs> I was thinking of offering Maybe a we'll reward and to say, you know, I'm sure it's just fallen down behind yeah. a drawer or something like that. Uh, you know, whoever can find it, I'll give them like 50 bucks, you know. So I would like to get it back. Yeah. Because I, you know, the show that people, no one's heard has value to me, but also just I like having all the, all the you know, raw wave, uh, yeah, wave sure. files as well. And I'd so say make up, some, make up a sign for that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it was kind of a drag. But the only good okay. part about it, though, was that at least I knew where it had ended up. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was a relief. The search, the search was over. Yeah. I knew it was a, I knew it was a negative end to it. But at yeah. least it wasn't like where I was just like going to spend the rest of my life wondering where that SD card. Yeah, you went. found the Titanic. It's at the bottom of the sea, mm-hmm. but you can't get to it. So you got to build another boat. <laughs> but at least you know where it is. Yeah, you know where it is. You're and not going to spend Cameron's the rest of your down life, there uh, just having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this case, you know, oh, or it just, you know, someone didn't know what it was or it got mixed up with some other things and thrown in the garbage accidentally. Who knows? You know, there's so many. Yeah. Or there's something in the store that requires, like as in, in the back, requires an SD card. They went, we got an SD card and they grabbed that one to use it. And now it's in a computer it somewhere. Could, it could be. Because that's did, the only thing I could think yeah. of is like, you're right. You can only use it for certain things. And it's yeah. the kind of thing that if you need one, you'd go, oh, that's good. We yeah. got that. But if you don't need it, what's the, there's not a lot of resale value on that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of put lost slash stolen because well, I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. I mean, I know I lost it, but I found it again. Only someone else got in the way of <laughs> this is fine. You know, like, it's too bad I didn't, I wasn't more energetic on Friday night and thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to go out and do this, you know, just do a little bit of work on the show. Even then, though, it would have been, I probably, you know, to be honest, going to the dollar store was kind of like last resort. Like, that's the last place I thought it might have fallen mm-hmm. out. And it's weird that that's where it happened, too. Because I thought, you know, you know, you're, you're there, it's a fairly large thing. I mean, it's not super big, but it's fairly large. And you right. think you'd hear it fall down or something like that. Or you'd notice that you knocked it with your hand or whatever. I guess I guess I didn't. So I'm going to have to think of a better method of, of uh, bringing the show back home. And what I've settled on is I'm going to bring a five foot by four foot trunk. Mm-hmm. And just an empty trunk. Sure. And I'm just going to put it in that. Yeah. Close it up. Lock it with a lock. Okay. 
And then I'll just carry that to the car. Sounds good. And that way I always know where it is. It's in this. Trunk. I'd say also dress up as a pirate. Well, I'm carrying. Like yeah, you got your Yeah, yeah. Well, you should, you're right because, you know, people. Sing otherwise, people are going to have a lot of questions while you're carrying but a they trunk. Go, it's a pirate. That's his business. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. He's a yeah. pirate. Yeah, yeah. Clearly a pirate. Good for him having all his limbs still. Yeah. Um, couldn't I dress up? new on the job. Couldn't I dress up like Mr. Dress Up? And then people would think it was a tickle trunk? They could, yeah. yeah. But a tickle trunk is a larger trunk than that, isn't it? I don't think. I think it's basically a steamer trunk. Fair enough. Yeah, basically. That's what I was envisioning, envisioning just using a steamer trunk. I have to get a larger vehicle. I have to get a pickup truck yeah. to bring it here. Here's but the, sh- it'll, the show will be safe. Here's something that doesn't sound like it was a big deal, but it was enormously big deal to me. Um, I uh, was having a rough day the other day, yeah, and for various reasons, and uh, and uh, and then I was like uh, done with work, and I went downstairs, and there were some youths that were standing outside of the post office, and they and were, that threw you off a little bit. The youths, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they were really laughing and having a really good time. Oh, okay. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and here's the thing. I had just gotten a new haircut that I was like not 100% with, on board with. Uh, by the way, it looks good, by the way. Thank you kindly. I was just not 100% on board mm-hmm. with it. I had a conversation with the uh, person at the haircutting joint. Uh, they did not do the thing I said. Yeah. They went some another way. Sure. And so I had a little bit more of a J. Jonah Jameson going on that night. <laughs> I'll the little Hitler mustache and I was good. So I was leaving. I was feeling a little weird about that. You know, yeah. you get those times where you feel like, I feel like a bit. You're, uh, I'll just say that your previous haircut yeah. suited the Hitler mustache a little better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Compliment accepted. Anyway, <laughs> so again, and they're all ah, <laughs> and I gotta like add. Oh, excuse me, I'm going to the post office because I'm old. So so uh, so I so I go in there, yeah. and uh, it's it's nice because we were waiting on some dough, and it looked like oh, there's a there's a there's a letter. For me, that's money. Hooray! Nice. That's a nice thing. That's a good and thing. And then there was a magazine uh, that my wife was in that I didn't realize also had some uh, money in there as well, check-wise. And I was like, oh, hooray, hurrah, huzzah, to-do, today. And I'm looking through things, and then I leave, and I'm walking down the street, and uh, the the har har are still out there. And I have to ask them, excuse me again, and uh, <laughs> you know, go out. And I'm walking down uh, the street. Excuse me, uh, gentlemen, I, I must pass by you. And I'm very, very OCD when it comes to stuff on me. Like, I always, like, always when I'm leaving somewhere, I'll check my wallet. I'll check my this. I'll check my that. I I'm do gonna, that, too. Pat, 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 yeah. pat, pat. Good. That's a good, okay, good right. system. So I'm walking. Like up, you're a leper. I'm about a half block away. Yep. I, and I, I can't find my keys. Well, that clearly means they've gone in the secret pocket hole. Oh, yeah. That's where they go. Sure. Checking that. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing a hoodie. They're yeah. in here somewhere. Okay. Well, they've fallen in my wallet. Okay. No. I'm going through all of it. And then a little bit of a cold chill comes about yeah. Me, yeah. where you realize, oh, fuck me. And it's and this is uh, like about seven at night on yep. a Sunday. Okay. So, okay. Chill. This is not good. Uh, I I might have dropped them on the way from the post. I'm gonna go back. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking along, and then I get to the thing, and har har har, they're still doing their hearty har hars, <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. and uh, and I think they were laughing at me because of what happened. Uh, and I had locked my keys in the mailbox, and they were hanging off in the mailbox, and the door was locked now, right? Oof. Glass door, it's locked, yeah. and it's uh, so I'm like, ah shit. Uh, so, and I was just, ah, oh, fucking fuck, fuckity fuck, fuck. Yeah. Um, so I can't go back into my office. I can't get into anything because that's all my keys. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, my, my phone at this point has about 7% power left. Mm. 
So I just write to Pia and tell her what's going on and I'm freaking out. And then I really start to freak out. But just earlier, like like about two days before, I'd gotten on some new medicine for blood pressure. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I, I And I'm, I'm feeling dizzy and I'm not mm. feeling great. Mm. Uh, but I'm like, I can't leave my keys. I've got to somehow get to my keys. And there's no one to call because the uh, person who owns the building is just not reliable and would not yeah. has there's no way of contacting them and if yeah. so nothing would matter and the person who was the building manager uh who we've talked about you know has has moved on because he was he was sick and he, mm-hmm. he you know uh and the new person there's no new one to replace him there's just a person who shows up like twice uh, a week to do some cleaning and just walk around but there's no number for that person so there's no one to contact mm. about this and my yeah. keys are just hanging there yeah and uh, I'm just like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> I've got to just wait here <laughs> yeah. until someone comes in. And it's Sunday night at seven, and no one's going to be here. Yeah, no one's going to be here. So I'm like, I, I'm, 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 I have these just panicked things with Pio, but where I'm, I'm also trying to not get myself to a stressful point where it's dangerous because yeah. that actually could be dangerous. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Things are just shit. My life is shit right now. This is a nightmare. I'm living a nightmare. I'm just looking at my keys. I can't get to them. Um, you know, and she's going, well, just, just, it's okay. You, you can, people will return them. And it's like, nope, nope, there's no way. In, no, they won't. They won't return them. That's yeah. crazy. It's insane. The idea that I would leave my keys is insane. She's saying, and also at this point, I hadn't eaten for quite a while and mm. I was like really low blood sugar. And, uh, and, and she's like, well, you got to get something to eat. And I'm like, I can't, I can't leave the keys. You don't get it. I can't leave the keys. This is my life now. I am now here. I'm the guardian of the keys. I will be out here for eternity until this mm-hmm. happens. So I try, I try writing, uh, a friend, James, yep. uh, by, and a couple other people who are like in the building, uh, asking if they've got keys. I'm getting like no response from any of them. Uh, we finally decide to call uh, James's uh, girlfriend uh, to see if she can contact him because Vicky has her number because they used to be roommates. Uh, and so, you know, trying that, but no dice, can't reach them. No, okay, I'm just the guardian of the fucking thing. And and she's saying, oh, I'm going to send Vicky over to, you know, just make sure you're okay. And I'm like, don't, because I'm not okay. And I don't want to talk to anybody because I'm going nuts right now. I'm yeah. a crazy fucking man who's, wander- who's outside of the post office box and cannot leave. Yeah. It's hell. It's like, it's so nightmarish to me. It's just, it's this dumb thing that I've done. And I'm just picturing this thing of like, because all the keys mean if I lose this, I have to go and talk to so many different people and go, I lost my key to my storage locker, to all these different things. And I can't do that. I'd rather just go fuck my stuff than ask for help <laughs> because that's the worst thing in the world for me is asking for help huh. for anything. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, in the, in, in the lowest point of just like shit, well, this is me now waiting for my phone to die. Uh, uh, James comes out of the building and I say to him, Hey, James, I'm so happy to see James. Like, <laughs> James, James. And he's not wearing headphones. Yeah. James. And I, I don't know if he's just like, he just doesn't talk to people when he comes out or not, yeah, yeah. but he can't hear me. And I'm like, oh, I died. I'm a ghost now. <laughs> I died out here of, 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 of shame. Oh and now, now the one person who can help me, I, uh, this is how I realize I'm a ghost. Yeah, yeah. And I finally like, I reach out and touch his shoulder and he's, uh, and I'm like, oh, James, it's me. It's me. <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> um, you must have looked so different to him. <laughs> You're I probably so. you probably had like lost all your weight. You were just like a shriveled sure. stick man, you know. With, I'm Jacob Marley. Yeah, you've yeah, I'm a, covered in shame. That's all. I'm just covered in keys of shame. <laughs> and I'm like James. Like oh oh hi. Do you, do you do you have the keys to the post office box? Uh, I lock my keys in there. Oh what do you mean? 
I'm like, well, you know, the post and a point. And he goes, oh, oh boy. I'm like, yeah. Uh, do, do you have the keys thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's looking through his keys really <laughs> slowly. And I'm like, oh, brother, this would be great if you had the keys. If only he does get the keys and he oh, the thing be... up. And I'm like, oh, it's so much relief. Yeah. And then he gets into a conversation with me uh, that's, uh, yeah. I can't even say what it's about, but I'll tell you later. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, and, but, but so like off tone for how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like on a completely different subject. Like this is nothing yeah, to yeah. him at all. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> you saved my goddamn life. Oh, the keys. Oh, so bad. So when you contacted me and said like, I lost this thing, I'm like, oh man, I know this feeling. I know this is like, ugh, terrible feeling of loss. Mm. But I think that is the worst thing for me. You know, aside from, you know, loss of family or friends or something directly terrible happening to them. The worst thing for me is having to ask for help for is anybody. That, is that right? Oh, it's the worst. The mm. worst. To the point where I can't return shit to a store. Because I feel like that's a favor. Like, it's just like, excuse me, can I return? I just like, fuck it. If it's if it unless it's a, an astronomical amount of yeah. money for something, yeah. like you know a two thousand dollar computer that doesn't work, uh, forget it. It's like a fifty dollar thing. It's, it's the way it is. That's life now. That's how it is. I got a I got a printer because I had to print something up. It doesn't work with anything here. I could go and return it, but no, we're gonna bring it to the house. It's now the house printer. I'm gonna find a home for it because I'm not returning it because I can't do that. I just have no ability to do that at all. Wow. And uh, yeah, the idea of like ugh. Asking for, and it's so weird because I used to have a job where I'd have to do that uh, when I worked on Street Sense, where yeah, I'd, yeah. you know, conf- I'd actually confront people about this kind of thing. I, I was a consumer advocate mm-hmm. to a degree, but uh, yeah, now I can't do any of that shit. And that was my uh, terrible uh, Sunday night. But thanks to James Lloyd, so please uh, buy any of his work that you see. <laughs> Support James. Mm-hmm. That wonderful. He's a brilliant artist. Let's just. He's give him a that. brilliant artist, but apparently also very abstracted, <laughs> very absent-minded, and completely unable to tune into your frequency. Well, that's okay. It's fine. You, the important thing was he was there. Yeah. There was a lot of people tuning into my frequency sure. that were trying to help me out that couldn't help me out. Yeah. I was very happy to have the person who could help me out mm. that was like in his own headspace. <laughs> yeah. I understand. You, you're working for hours yeah. on something. You go into your own place. Mm-hmm. And it's true. tough then when someone goes, howdy! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. That's uh, what an experience. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gross. <sighs> well, you know, I've been thinking... There's been a guy at work who's been in a pouty mood the last little while because we've we've been we're short of people we're we're short short staffed right now. We've had people on vacation, we've had people not showing up for work right. and things like that. And, and and this guy is rather than like rolling with the punches, he's he's sulking. Mm. He like gets all mad and he like you know and it's hard to work with someone like that because you know they're mad and so they're like picking doors up like stupid doors have to pick these things up. But, but you're on the other end of the door. This person's like lifting and jerking around <laughs> in the air like. You're like, well, what about me? You know, and like, that's how the, that's how the, uh, section got dropped on my leg. Oh, God. Because he was like, just flipping the thing around and I'm out in the rain and my gloves are slippery and it just flipped, slipped out of my hand. Like, didn't, oh, that's terrible. you know, and that's, so it's just how, like, how old is he, by the way? Just he's generally. in his late twenties. Okay. All right. But it made me think like, my feeling in life is if you can't, if you're only happy when things are going your way, mm-hmm. what do you bring into life? If the only way you're happy, is if everything makes you happy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't bring happiness to other people. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that's, you know, like... Yeah. You, you, can, you, you yeah. Hopefully, you're the one making shitty times a little better. Well, that's it. Like, around. when I went to the store to get to see about the SD card, I didn't, like, bring my angst onto those people. Right. They didn't know how... But when they a, didn't find it, you punch them, right? Because you're a man. 
Well, no, I didn't. You're a man. I you t- had to have punched them, right? I tore the front door off the store and threw it down to the aisles. Oh, well, that's fine then. Yeah. All right, that's right. I, Did you say anything like a like I broke, a, I broke like some, a fun pun thing about I broke like some tiki torches? Oh, tiki torches. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's all right. Yeah. You tikied me off. You said <laughs> you something like that. You, you got a Schwarzenegger and have like a little thing. <laughs> I did. I said it with an Austrian accent okay. too. Uh, yeah, it was. You said I'll be back, and then you. Uh, Is that what you say? Yeah, you always gotta say I'll be back. Oh, I went to the trouble. I brought this piano in and I said, I'll play Bach. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, I just I don't know. <laughs> they didn't seem to understand what I was doing. I, I, I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you, but I wanna like uh, I wanna give the guy a tiny excuse. Sure. Where I'll say like late twenties are the angry years. Because I think late late twenties and I'm gonna just he's, gen- a, he's a dad. He should be uh, fair enough. He should be uh, well should be calm it's not down. Like, it's not like dads aren't angry. I remember I a know. lot of angry dads. I know, but you shouldn't be. Especially that you play that video game Angry Dads. <laughs> Uh, you just throw the newspaper and just so angry and smash all the things. Uh, but it feels like that's the age where you realize, oh, the things that I wanted to do, I'm not doing. And here's where I am. And that's mm. when you just go. And then you see 30 creeping around. Mm. And, and, and because you don't know that 30 is nothing, yeah. you have no idea that 30 means nothing. Uh, you're going like, oh no, I haven't made it. Oh, life. It's yeah. so wrong and the world is unfair. And that's the time that you get all, uh, fucking pissed off. I think like 15 is the worst age to be when you're young. And I think like late twenties is the worst age to be. Period. As in, like for angry fying. Like by the time you get in your thirties, you kind of go, eh, "This is how it is." Mm. Generally, you know, I might not be happy about everything, but eh, I get it. I'm not like surprised. Yeah. But I think late twenties, you're still surprised that you are where you are when you should be clearly somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that's in his favor. I just feel like you can be angry, but just don't don't involve me in it. I don't need to know. That's totally fair. I think that's a fair comment to say. Like, I understand that. You, I understand that you're mad right now. Mm-hmm. Just leave me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your job. We're just you're we're doing it anyway. Because like, a big part of can. this is usually leave me alone. It's like yeah. yeah. No, I'm all I'm all for leaving you alone. <laughs> yeah. Just leave me out of it. That's that's fine. <laughs> I'm all for leaving you alone. Only we work together. Yeah. So You've we still have to interact. Your leg because you're having a bad day is no good because I need my legs for well, other stuff in life. It's not even that. He's just mad that he has to work hard. That's like it's pouting. It's not even. Hmm. It's not even like legit. Why? 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 What? What reason is there to be angry? Okay, we have short staff. People have gone on vacation, right? And you know, it's hard to find people right now to work. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find competent people to work. We already heard about the guy who came for three days, who lived near my house, and now haunts my my memory. <laughs> but yeah, maybe he really oh, is a ghost. Jeez, we talked about stuff in the show. I have no idea if we talked about last week or the show. No, I think you talked about the guy. There was a guy oh, okay. you were saying who uh, yeah, yeah. lives near you that worked there, and now you're not sure if he existed or not. He may have uh, Bruce Willis six <laughs> sense you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, a lot of ghost talk on this show. Mm, a lot of ghost talk. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Can I ask you something about know, work, just... though? Would you say, like... Because on our last show, you mentioned uh, all your raises that you've been getting. Mm-hmm. You're getting some nice raises yep. for a job well done. Now, do, do you feel like when you're short-staffed, clearly the uh, the place is making money by not I think that's, part of, the, I think that's part of the raises. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But like for this guy, you should be getting like some bonuses or something. Like, listen, we know that we're short-staffed. You're doing extra work. We're going to throw a couple of bonuses at you. Mm. You know, bring everyone's morale up. And you're probably still saving money on the short staffness. So yeah. no loss there. I think that's been part of the the, ra- the raise. All right. That's uh, good. The reason. Because 
like I say, um, when I got the raise, gee, I don't even know. If, I don't think we talked about this in the show. Oh, did you talk about this off mic? I think we took. No, I think we talked about it in the show that's disappeared. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, okay. that on the last show that we don't have, you talked mm-hmm. about you were getting uh, these raises because uh, you were ratting people out at work. For, <laughs> snitching, uh, yes. Yeah, you were snitching. S- snitches get raises. It turns out. I yep. thought it was stitches. It turns out snitches it's... get britches. Stitches. And that's from the old saying mm-hmm. for where you got paid in pants. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> pants are so important. So don't underestimate them. Uh, yeah, and I think part of that is that they're just trying to like make us keep us happy. Yeah, and not leave because yeah. it's really hard that's to a find. Good, that's a good thing to do. Good move. And it's not just hard to find. It's easy to find people. It's just hard to find good people. I've heard it's hard to find good help nowadays, and I've heard that since the '30s. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you can find uh, mediocre help. But even right now, it's hard to find mediocre help. You know, like to me, if you get someone who comes in and they're there for three days and then they just disappear because yeah, it's a lot good. of hard work, that's not mediocre. That's bad. That's bad help. And I think that kind of help is easy to find. And we can often find those people. Yeah. And you know right away who they are because as soon as they walk in the door, they just mark themselves out as bad employees. They make, they make suggestions on how to make their job easier. Okay. That's the first thing they want to do. <laughs> you know what you guys should do? Make me carry less stuff. That's what I think. Like that's just, just a suggestion out sure. of the top of my head. Like, sure. I, you know, less lifting for me would make this a better place to work. Like, yeah, we all lift stuff. That's part. Of, that's part of the job. It's it's a warehouse. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's just interesting. Like a lot of guys come in there and they've got a lot of great ideas to improve improve everything. You they know. turn the warehouse into a Y house. Be- <laughs> why do we have to do all this? Yeah. Oh why yeah. What's going on? That's you know, people say that to me. They go, why do we? And I always say to them, you're asking the wrong question. That is the wrong question to ask. Why are we doing it? And what is the right question? How should I do this properly? Oh, it's a how house. It's a how question. Yeah. Why, when you're working in a place that you just started at, is this the wrong question to ask? Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't matter why things are done. You'll understand it in time, why we do the processes and procedures that we do. And if you don't understand it, you can fix it in a year when people have, uh, yeah, you when know, pe- are listening to you and you know what you're talking That's about. That's right. When you know, when you have some experience in how the processes work. Then you can make suggestions on how to make it better if, yeah. if it needs that. But by the time you get there, you'll realize, oh, this is why they do it this way. Because this, this, and this, you know, these, because everywhere you're going to go is going to have a particular system that's based around what, what happens in that place. Right. You know, and you just can't walk in the door like you've been there three days and you can go, you know, I was working in a metal foundry before and I'd like to bring some of the ideas they have there into this place. Sure. Well, okay. What do you want? Like a fan near the stuff over there because it's hot? Like it's not the same. Like it's just, so yeah, and even just, if there are good ideas, wait on those for a while. Well, yeah, yeah, and because, then maybe you can bring them in later, and then you're going to seem like a freaking genius because people are going to forget. Oh, we, we worked at the metal foundry. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just people aren't ready aren't ready for you you to be brilliant. They want to get to know you first, you know. And it's that's not how you introduce yourself to people by yeah telling your them first, they're wrong. Your first times uh, at a job should always be like. Uh, how can I help and mm-hmm. how can I do better? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, basically. And just like, you know, I want, I don't want to be in the way. I want mm-hmm. to help as much as I can. I want to learn as much as I can. Uh, but yeah, how can I help is, uh, is a good way to go. Oh, yeah. Like the other but day. But don't ask too much because, you know, other people still need to do their own shit. When that guy was working with us, he, one morning, he's like, well, what can I do? I said, well, what I normally do if it's kind of quiet or I'm not sure what to do in the morning when things are still kind of get, you know, getting organized, I'll just push the, you know, I'll just get the broom and I'll just do a quick sweep. Just to get the warehouse clean. And he goes, push a broom for the money I'm making? I'm in. But he didn't actually go over and get the broom. He just said those words. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is not good. If it's such a great, so great that you, you're getting paid that kind of money for just pushing a broom around, then push the broom around. Don't just say it. 
go push the broom. Getting paid this much to talk about pushing a broom around? Yeah, that's Good right. deal. Exactly right. <laughs> it's just weird. Like when you when you start in a job, you're the new person, and there's going to be older people. You know, people there are veterans who have sort of different. They have different. What's the word? Different privileges in you okay you know they maybe have the privilege to stand around the office and talk to the to the office people yeah you know you don't you just started you can't insert yourself into those conversations because you don't know anyone okay and that's not you know that's not your place your place is to be to show everyone there how willing you are to work everyone knows everyone's willing to talk and stand around and yak that's but are you willing to work are you willing to walk away from that and get to work Mm -hmm. you know like i actually don't like standing and talking that much with people in the morning i just like to go and work. So I usually like get working before work even starts. I just go and I have stuff to What's do. What's your favorite talking time of the day? Um, I, I don't know. I don't really. I always get nervous when people are talking to me because I feel like they're taking away from what needs to get done. Oh, okay. And I get really antsy. There's a couple of people there who are really yakky, but not yakky. Like, I don't mind if we're going to yak and walk somewhere or, <laughs> you know, grab stuff or we can talk over. But there's people who yak and they just stop all work, <laughs> you know? And then it's just like, I was listening to this podcast and blah, 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 blah. And you're looking at your watch or you're not looking at your watch. You're looking around like, man, I hope no one's watching me. Like, I'm just like minutes are going by here and not doing a bit like a work. That just reminds me of like uh, a number of people I know who mostly are in the comics industry, almost all in the comic book industry in some way. Yeah. Um, but none of them can, can end an encounter. None of them. They just like don't walk away or say goodbye or whatever. Yeah, there's no end. Mm. There's no end unless I end it. Yeah. At all. Like to, <laughs> to the point where I think I was talking about one that, was, that took like almost like two hours the other day. Yeah. You know, it was just like I kept going to different locations and still couldn't until I had to like <laughs> use trickery to, uh, to, to get, get them to leave. But they have no end point. There's no like, well, that's about the, yeah, I'll let you get to the, yeah, yeah. none of that. Yeah. That doesn't enter in their goddamn minds. <laughs> and I'm going like, I'm just going to let this go. Let's see how far this goes. And it's like, we're still talking. You can see uh-huh. I've got keys in my hand. You can see that I'm standing here. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly going somewhere. I'm clearly about to do something. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I'll leave you to it. Like, not, none of that. Just no. like forever. Forever, 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 forever. It's so yeah. scary. It's like, what do you know? Like, you're on the bus and you're like, oh, I hope getting off the bus will end this. And no, where are you, where are you getting off? Son of a bitch. I've got nothing <laughs> I can. There's just, I don't know, to my life. You know, I don't mind a short little conversation, but, and again, I have a hard time figuring out when to, when to pull the cord, but I, I know it's within about five minutes. That's how these go. <laughs> unless we've got a serious thing we've then brought up that we have to like, yeah. you know, flatten out. But yeah. if we're like a half hour deep, brother, we should be sitting and having a coffee. <laughs> so what I'm saying is everyone I know, I appreciate you. I want to know how you're doing. I want to leave as well. Five <laughs> minutes is great. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. You know. All right, everyone, we want Sneaky Dragon this week. <laughs> no, uh, I'm giving, I got, we talked about this. I've got an hour. We're good. We're good. So we got, uh, let's see how much more time we got left. Well, we got a solid 15 minutes left. Let's go for okay. it. Let's okay. do it. We can do this. It's really, it's we really, make, let's really uh, get to the issues, show. get to the heart of the, heart of the matter, get to the meat of the, meat of the, thing. meat of the show. By the way, we haven't done uh, plugs yet. Let's just throw that out oh, sure. real quick. Do some plugs. Um, David, myself, and Nina Matsumoto are going to be, uh, signing and uh free comic book day comics how much are those free that's what it's what said. yeah we're gonna be doing that at the eighth dimension on may 5th okay uh of uh next month and i uh, thought they misspelled three. Oh, yeah. so you think it's three comics day. i thought you got three three you just could buy three comics oh and you're day. only allowed to buy that's three all. comics yeah yeah that's good that would keep the the collection down to a reasonable level <laughs> yeah that's right that sounds fine it's just about sort of no don't hoard comics sort of thing you know 
and uh and we've gotten some of the uh, free comic book day comics uh already like our, our issues and i really like how they've uh, put it together it's like a oh. nice the first chapter of the book and then a little mm. bit extra and it's a nice solid you know uh introduction to things and um i'm very i'm very pleased with it so i'm looking forward to people uh getting to see that who have not seen sparks already uh and yeah and they've been plugging it on the graphics twitter feeds which has also been nice and yeah it's good it's nice i'm looking forward to meeting some people and saying hey hey and sitting with you guys and chewing the fat. <laughs> and the Eighth Dimension is a fun little comic store it on nice, uh, yeah. Broadway and uh, Maine here in Vancouver. So uh, mm-hmm. come on down. Uh, and uh, hopefully we're going to have to go there too early in the morning. That's not great. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and then afterwards, hey, we might go to, say, a Stormcrow. And uh, we might uh, sit there. We might have a burger. And we might uh, talk a little bit afterwards. Maybe. Sure. See how you're, you're down with well, that? Of course. Nina wants to go back and have... Uh, some of the the beverages that uh, we had last time. Oh, is that right? Yeah, she's uh, she seems down with that, so I think that'd be a nice time to do that. And nice. then the week after that, uh, Nina and I are going to be at TCAF in Toronto, Toronto Comics Arts Festival. Yes. Week after that, we're going to be doing VanCAF here in Vancouver. Again, it's a free festival, much like TCAF. Come and say hey, 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 and Dave will probably be floating around there too. I'm going to assume maybe. Aren't I, aren't I signing at the table too? Sure, come sign at the table too. Oh, I wasn't sure. sure I wasn't sure. Uh, Nina yeah. and I have a table. You're welcome to be there and sign. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But there is no pressure to, is what we're okay. saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because you're a grown man with responsibilities. I am a, gro- a groaning, groaning man. Yeah. So. No, uh, groaning is a uh, groaning man is who I worked for at the Simpsons, and so did Nina. Let's not confuse those things. <sighs> okay. Very good. And uh, <laughs> also uh, pick up the latest issue of New Yorker. Uh, Pia, Gara, and I uh, have been doing cartoons for them regularly. There's one in there this week, and the new Mad Magazine is out this week. Uh, yeah. And uh, I've got a story in there as well, making fun of Archie, both looks, old and new. It looks fabulous. And let me just say that I, I read the whole magazine mm-hmm. uh, on the the original version of uh, 333A. I had not read it yet. You just gave it to me. Right. But your description of but it in, was this reminds me of Hustler Magazine. <laughs> wasn't the entire thing, but the last part of it had a, that kind of feel to it. And it still okay. does to me. All right. Having read through it again, I'm just like, man, this, these little bits, because there's, there's some stuff in there that's a little, you know, kind of raunchy. Let's put it that way, guys. Raunchy. And, uh, it just reminded me of the first couple pages of, of Hustler that weren't, they weren't sexy. The first couple pages of Hustler were kind of, kind of raunchy humor, like kind of parodies and, and little bits of satire and stuff like that, you know. Uh, edited by Paul Krasner, form, former editor of The Realist. Okay. The famous 60s satirical newspaper. And, uh, so, you know, he uh, took over. I guess Hustler was looking for something a little different for the beginning, for the front of the magazine, and they and they and they hired him for that. And so, yeah, it just had that kind of feel to me. But the other part of it is very much. There's parts of it that are very much like old mad. Yep. And then there's parts of Bill it. Bill Morrison, the editor, really is a fan of the old mad mm-hmm. and as a classic sensibility. And then there's some stuff in there that's very new feeling, you know, and it's a little bit more political. I don't remember. I guess it was kind of political. It's just. I don't know. It's weird. Like, really? I, do you remember the uh, deep cuts uh, towards uh, Spiro Agnew that they took? Mm. They would. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason I know Spiro Agnew. Yeah, yeah, that's that. true. You're, you're right. I, they did have some political stuff. You're right. Yeah, yeah. There was some political comedy in that. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it was good. And I, but to be honest with you, and this is not a uh, this is not a biased view, but yours story was the best. Oh, it's really good. I, I laughed out loud at it. Tom, Tom Richmond did a really nice job with the did art. Did a, sp- a spectacular job, both imitating Will Elder. Yeah. Because. I don't want to give away too much, but also... Every uh, time we say Will Elder's name, the uh, alarm goes off. The, <laughs> the, Will, right the Will Elder alarm. And uh, and then he also uh, brought a little Mark Drucker to it as well. 
and uh, very talented, very talented. Uh, Mark Drucker was the artist who, who parodied the movies, everyone, in the Mad Magazine. If you've seen Mad Magazine, if you're from some other part of the world where Mad Magazine was not a thing, I pity you. I don't think that exists. I think it really made its way it? around everywhere. Did it's it? pretty international. Like even people like in England would know what a Mad Magazine is? Oh, yeah. Is? I, would, I, oh, really? would, I would believe so, yeah. Oh, that's good. Now, uh, my, uh, my... I'm all for cultural... Uh, Imperialism. Two of the editors, Dan Telfer and Bill Morrison, were on another podcast. Not that they're on this podcast. Maybe we'll get them on this podcast sometime. Uh, but never not funny this week. Okay. And they were uh, plugging uh, plugging the magazine sure. as well. And and Bill mentioned something that I didn't realize, uh, which was Al Jaffe, who does the uh, fold-ins. Matt Folden, yeah. Right. How old would you say Al Jaffe is? Uh, he's in his 90s, but I think he's yeah. like 97 or something like that. That's exactly how old he is. Hmm. He's 97. And uh, up until uh, this issue, he would always hand deliver uh, the uh, art to the mad offices mm. in New York City. Wow. And he does them on canvas, large canvas. What? He, they're really? all painted. How does he plan them? Like, obviously, he plans them by starting with fold in, folded in. And then he spreads it out and then plans sure. the stuff. But the one in this issue, which I folded in, yeah. as one will, of course, as do. do. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a very witty, and there was no clue to what it was until you <laughs> folded in. I mean, he's just really clever at hiding what yeah. you're going to get. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, the, the Matt Folden is one. It's still one of my favorite things. I mean, I always I found his snappy comebacks to stupid questions a little tiresome. Snappy was it? Uh, snappy answers to stupid questions. questions yeah, uh, but I always liked his inventions. His invention ones where he had like special kind of like doggy do scoopers and <laughs> the cigarette holders and things of like that that were like had an ashtray attached to them and all that kind of stuff nice uh, or a little vacuum that vacuumed the ashes away and the things that of course some of the inventions are things like that most of us don't deal with i mean i mean i guess there are people who still smoke and maybe they want to get rid of their ashes right i've never noticed that i've noticed most smokers just want to throw their cigarette butt out of their car while they're driving down the road in the middle of summertime B- burn warning oh i have to throw my cigarette out into this burn warning sign yeah it's just uh yeah it's just Anyway. But your favorite thing has always been the fold-ins that he's done. I, I love, well, I mean, yeah, for him, I think the fold-ins are, are amazing. Yeah. They are, yeah, they are the classic, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. If you yeah. if you get a mag- an old mad magazine and someone hasn't folded it in the back, shame on them. That's about it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are that nervous, and, and the way to do them is you fold, you fold the right-hand side first. How so? Why? Because then you can, then you get a, a good, accurate fold-in. Like, if you mm. fold that side first... Like, like if you try and fold it all together at once, it doesn't work quite as well as if you fold the one side first and then fold it in. Have you ever tried to make one? No, but Nina did. A really clever one. She did. It was more clever than the one I did. I did one for Terminal City Comics once about the the first Stanley Cup riot. Oh, okay. And uh, he had folded in and it was me getting tear cast. Which did not happen. I got out before the tear gassing. Uh, but yeah, Nina did do one for yeah. uh, Third Dragon, Nina Matsumoto. Uh, for a hundredth episode. episode. Yeah. And it was freaking brilliant. It was great. Yeah, there's times when... If you want to see it, you'll have to go on the website, yeah. uh go back to episode 100, and you'll find the artwork there. Yeah, there's time, the times when you kind of go... Oh, she's too smart for me to hang around. Like, there's a bit of that, right? Where, like, she'll say something or I'll see something she'll tweet. And I'll just go, oh, that is deeply clever. Yeah. God damn it. I sh- oh, I might be dumbing her up by hanging around her. I should leave her alone. Yeah, she's yeah, Nina, a very, very... Take my advice. Get out deep, while you can. She is a deeply clever person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And if you make her laugh, you go like, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. That's, yeah. Yeah. I've never made her laugh, actually. No. Well, well, that's the thing. I'm very funny. Though. Yeah, you are. You're quite a funny person. I'm, ve- I'm a very funny person. I've never. Dave, I work for Mad She's She's never, like, which if it was smiled 60s, or, or, like, cracked, like, cracked up at anything I've said. I've tried to make her laugh. Desperately. Now, Cracked was the, you were just reading your things from Crack Magazine. <laughs> from Crack Magazine. She did not find that funny either. Have you tried Crazy? You know what? I should maybe go with that. Or maybe like, How about Plop? You know what? I'm not going to go that far. I'm not that desperate. Okay. There was some good stuff in Plop. Sergio Aragonis was all over that. Plop. Yeah. You can say that. But didn't Basil Wolverton do some Plop? He did, he did the covers. Okay. Yeah. And Sergio would, which was weird because Plop was a DC uh, comic that was kind of a mad comic. So having Sergio do it was a little bit, what? Uh, but, uh, but then he would do stories with their horror comics hosts like uh, Cain and Abel mm. uh, and uh, and would uh, do funny hor- kind of horror stories. In, yeah. in, and it was its, its own interesting thing. Then when later they would do reprints of House of Mystery or House of Secrets, those would be in there and they'd be, whoa, what's this about? Why is uh, Sergio Argonis doing this kind of thing? But it was fun. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. And by the way, Sergio Argonis is back with uh, with Mad Magazine. Yes, doing his uh, doing his little interstitial bits. The little uh... yeah. There's one underneath one of the pages that I've done, and <laughs> it's like, hey, that Look at felt that. nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's it was yeah, it's all good. I enjoyed. Uh, I really I really enjoyed yours. I thought it was very funny. Oh, thanks. Uh, even though I haven't seen Riverdale, but I've seen enough of it by walking in and out of the. The living room while it's being watched that I got all the jokes. So I, I don't think good. that I could do it now because I haven't really watched the last season. I kind of like I stepped away from it, but fine. Uh, I kind of I kind of knew enough about yeah. what the riffs you, were. You yeah. got the spirit of it, yeah, accurately. And I've 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 sent I've got another one coming up, possibly because it's every two months okay. that they publish. Yeah, uh, I'd say bi-monthly, but that confuses people. Sometimes I think that's every two weeks. <laughs> um, it's confusing. Um, but uh, bi-monthly is confusing because bi-weekly would be every two weeks. Yeah, you're correct, but yeah. it's still confusing because mm. they want to bisect the month into two weeks. It's confusing, is all I'm saying. Why would that be confusing? Because it is. Yeah, and it is. So, so yeah, the next one I'm I'm doing some stuff over uh, the summer movies, mm-hmm. which has been uh, fun to do. I'm not sure who the artist will be, but yeah, yeah. I'll hopefully do some more stuff in the in the future. I guess it's easier for me to understand because. I'm bisexual. Okay. So I have sex every two months. Huh? What? And no then one. you bisex something. <laughs> you right. have sex with that object. <laughs> That's right. I Grapefruit. Oh, oh, so Bernie. Ooh. Oh, why did I leave that sharp all. spoon in there? That's too bad. <laughs> Do you use a sharp spoon for grapefruit? Yeah. At least they used to back in the day. Like, I, I don't eat grapefruit, but my grandparents oh, right. and my parents used mm. to eat grapefruit. And they had a sharp spoon. Yeah. It was a sharp spoon. Oh. They could really dig into the grapefruit. Interesting. And then the joke was always in TV shows and cartoons that you get it right in the eye. Of course, you know, they all squirt. I just pre, right in the eye. I just pre-cut it. Like I have a little knife and I just pre-slice it in 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 the uh, rind or whatever the the peel. Did you ever do that trick with the banana where you uh, slice the banana inside the skin, then open it up and it's a sliced banana, and people go, "What? No, it's fun." Yeah, that was a really easy peasy uh, magician trick. You do it with a needle and thread, and you just like throw. Oh, so okay. you gotta you gotta you gotta peel it pretty fast because otherwise the markings will show that yeah. the hole. Yeah. But yeah, you can do it where you just like thread it through a couple of times, then you pull it, yeah. and it slices the banana inside. Okay. So you get a sliced banana. Yeah. And so you do the joke, and then you take that out and just go like you take a banana out with your cereal, and you go like ah, oh, you know the nice thing is uh, we got the pre-sliced bananas. What do you mean? Well, you know, like at the store, you get them to pre-slice the bananas in the skin for you. What are you talking about? And you just open it up and pour it on your cereal. It's so like yeah. And then you just eat and like, what? 
Wow. They, 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 do, they do that? Huh? Yeah. They just eat your cereal. That's a good gag. It sounds like a lot of work, though. I think as a kid, I would have been too lazy to... I might have done one slice and it have been like, ah, forget it. Well, even one slice is pretty good. I guess. But, uh, no, that's good. That's a lot of work, though. It's not like a magician. No, it just sounds like too much You work. know, stuffing a card in your orange or some bullshit. <laughs> it seems hard. Do they actually do that? I'm not really sure how oh. they do it. Yeah. But they somehow get, uh, okay. This is my assumption for how, how card in the, in the lemon or whatever is done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you, I would say you cut the end of the lemon. Yeah. Uh, and then you dig whatever you dig into the lemon. And then yeah. you, and then you put a card into the lemon. Yeah. And you squeeze it and you push it in because it's hard. It's a hard card. You can do that. Yeah. And then you take it and then you either put the end bit back on or you just like, you know, have it at Laid an angle. Such a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you wouldn't see. So when you're doing whatever your cardy card card thing is and the people s- sign the card and this, that and the other, you take your lemon, you slice your lemon. This is my assumption. I don't know how to do it. So I'm not spoiling yeah, the yeah. trick. You slice the lemon and now you're getting your hand all juicy because you're because uh, you're getting the knife uh, through it. Yeah. So juice is now pouring into your hand where the card I assume is. You then hold up the lemon and go. Everyone goes, "Holy shit! There's a card in the lemon." You reach in and that's where you do the switcheroo, palm oh, it out, yeah, yeah. Pull out the pull out the card, hand the person the dripping mm, juicy card. Mm. They open it up, see their name on it, and lose their damn minds. Meanwhile, you've like gotten rid of whatever the other part of yeah. uh, the thing is. Everyone in the restaurant runs out the door and runs away. <laughs> can't believe what they've seen there's a there's a trick that uh, this fellow i used to tour with uh sean uh Farquhar, uh does that i kind of would like to buy sometime because it's fun it seems very fun and it's a uh, person blows up a balloon yeah and then you take a deck of cards and he throws it at the balloon and it ends up in the balloon oh pretty neat yeah i would uh, i would and you can you can buy that from him online how to do it oh is that right yeah it's a that's a tempting one that because that's a nice visual one i'd uh yeah i'd be interested in that you should buy it and then do it on the show on on here? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a card trick on the radio. Yeah, it'd be great. People would be like amazed. Oh, and one more pluggy plug thing. Oh, sorry. That I can I don't know if I've actually mentioned this before. I've mentioned that I was working with uh Giselle Legacy. Uh but we've actually signed a deal with Image as of today that we're gonna be doing a comic with them. So the uh, comic is called? Uh I don't wanna say yet. Oh. Because You don't wanna jinx it. No, but because uh, you don't want a little iodine it. I don't want to put the name out there, mm-hmm. uh, and normally I don't care about this kind of thing. But we did notice that someone else had that name on an IMDb page. But uh. looking into it, here's the thing. Okay. Um, uh, we looked and there was like one one person's name on there. I'm like, well, that's not really an IMDb page. It's like, well, who else is in the in the thing? No one. Okay, uh, just this one person. What what production company are they? This is the production company. Well, let's go look at that. And they go to their page, and that is not listed on their page as things they do. Okay. And all the things they do look like they were just done with an iPhone camera. Uh. And when you click on About Us, uh, we make videos, sometimes for ourselves, sometimes for other people. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's the way that is. <laughs> so this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But, uh, but... I don't want to say the name mm. until we've officially announced it. So, okay. even though I've probably already Fair said enough. the name on the show. Fair enough. So, if you know what the name is, shh. Don't tell anyone. But uh, we've now got two issues worth of art in from Giselle, and they look amazing. And mm. she's starting on the third issue, and it looks even more amazing. And I'm really excited about the book. Well, I'm glad. Glad to hear that. So, hooray, huzzah, tolu, tolay. Tolu, tolay. And let me also say, speaking of books that are really good, yep. uh, Steve Skosh, who was our uh, guest on our. 300th episode, episode. Yep. Yep. Uh, his book Maestros is uh, still going strong and I'm still quite enjoying it I'm glad so, to hear that I think he's coming out with ep- I think he's working on uh, number 7 right now sounds sounds about right and yeah, yeah if you get a chance to pick it up uh, it is not for the youngins but it's uh, it's very very it's for, well drawn and, it's and for fun. people who are 70 years and older yes 
Nice. Very specific demographic that he's going for <laughs> with this comic. Yeah, I was like when uh, they have that on the game box, ages 8 to 88. So if you're 89, fuck off, Grandma. This ain't for you. Hey, <laughs> Al Jaffe, take a hike, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, get back to your doing your canvases. They're not going to get the references. No. It's, and someone on, on that podcast asked, well, what do they do with the canvases? It's like, we return them to him. What's he do with them? No one knows. So he's got like all these uh, canvases of all the fold-ins, yeah. Al Jaffe. So what I'm saying is he's worthwhile to rob. <laughs> I guess they're just in a big storage place, but listen, that's my, crazy. Here's here's the two people I'd say rob. One, okay, Steve Ditko seems very because apparently he's got just a small little office in New York. Yeah, and I'm betting he doesn't have a good alarm system okay. because of his beliefs. So <laughs> you know, listen, going he's, at night, he's an alarmist. Exactly, yeah. going at night, go in there, uh, take some art from him. Yeah, then when you get a chance, because you're in New York. Go over to Al Jaffe's house, mm-hmm. break in. What's he going to do? Fight you? He's 97. He's not going Go to. Go grab some of those canvases, sure. take them along with you. And uh, and yeah, that's that's my tip to collectors. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's both great and sad that Al Jaffe is, is 97. What is the sad part about surviving that long? No, it's not sad for him. It's sad for us that he's going to leave us one day soon. And we will no longer have Mad Foldins. But isn't that true about us all? No, I could go and who could give a poop? But Al Jaffe, we're going to lose the fold-in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty amazing. Um, I got a CD-ROM of uh, every ep- issue of Mad oh, uh, once upon a time. And, uh, God, I got to find that. Uh, but one of the <laughs> nice bits was for the Mad fold-ins, you could just click on them and they would automatically fold in oh, for you in digital. That's a good and idea. Like that perfect. Yeah. Uh, once again, the OCD part of me is just like, ha, nice, crisp. <laughs> that's uh, why, that's why I was saying, doing that's, it. Yeah. That's why I was saying you should fold that one side first and then, then do the other side. Yeah. That's a tip, tip that I learned as a child. And if you want more tips on how to do uh, make them, talk to Nina Matsumoto. She makes them really well. Don't talk to me. I do not. <laughs> yeah, Nina did a really great me, job. Me, it was just drawing the drawing. First of all, I actually, I took the paper, I folded it, I did the drawing, then I unfolded it, then I filled in all the rest, hoping yeah. that it would work, you know, out. work out. Yeah. Good did luck. It? Did it? No? It was fine. People, mm. I know people had it on their fridge, so mm. that's been nice. Oh, there you go. That's something. This was actually a weird thing the other day. Uh, there was someone who um, was a friend friend of mine who was trapped in an airport in uh, America, and uh, the airline was uh, jerking him around. Yeah. And he was going to have to stay there for like a day, and it was like, oh, bad. And some guy uh, started started in about like, hey, it's not so bad. It's a, it's just an airport. Why not go to the gift shop? Get yourself a book. And uh, just enjoy the quiet time you have. And he was right. Well, well, it, because it's after midnight. There's no bookstores open here. Uh, I've got work to do tomorrow. Uh, yeah. This is going to cost me uh, a little over a thousand dollars. And uh, yeah, but you know, it could be worse. Could uh, you know all this tragedy in the world? You know this. And it was that kind of guy. Yeah. And then uh, and I and I kind of piped in with like, you know, you're not really helping here. So you know, either you, <laughs> if you got some empathy, great. If you got some sympathy, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but no one needs this. Yeah. Uh, and someone, I I saw that someone had earlier used a little bit of a, a comic strip of mine from Terminal City mm. to answer to answer him. Oh, wow. And I was like, hey. And I wasn't sure whether like they knew that I knew him or anything yeah, like yeah, that, but yeah. it just was one that they had. And it was a Bitter Cyclops one. I was like, oh, that's that's neat. Wow. Yeah. Hey. All right. Huh. Very curious. So, yeah. You know what? Almost bi-monthly curious. <laughs> before, before we go... 
Uh, I watched a movie the other day. We should, by the way, we should uh, we should always end uh, with like that uh, that friendly giant song. That would be a nice way to like when we start to wrap up. Just softly end when we ha- when we end it for real. We'll do that. But you saw a motion picture. I saw this movie uh, when it was released a number of years ago. Because you had two bits in your pocket, and that's how much, two bits, that's how much it cost in those days. And Get I, yourself a tall thing of hot buttered barley. And I'm just going to say I did not like this movie very much when I saw it. Okay. But I saw it at a drive-in movie theater, which I feel like for some movies that's okay. Fast and Furious, for instance. That's an okay movie to see at the drive-in. Brief spoiler, if you listen to Never Not Funny, my boss, Bill Morrison, talks about going to a porno drive-in theater with some friends. It didn't go well. There no. we go. Back to why, Dave's story. Why, why would it? Uh, and so, uh, and this movie was not, this movie was a romantic comedy. Okay. Rom-com. And, uh, rom-com. Save some time. Say rom-com. Okay. Sorry. It. it was a rom. Rom-com. And, oh, can I say rom? I oh, was just turning oh, it down even more. It was more. not calm. No, no. It was. I was just turning it down even more. Just a rom. Mm, okay. And so I saw this raw movie and, <laughs> and it just didn't play very well. But, you know, I was sitting in a car by myself. My daughters were sleeping. They'd just seen Cars. I think they fell asleep near the end of Cars. They didn't quite see the end of this Cars. This was the original Cars. Original Cars, yeah. And then they slept through uh, this Ruhr movie. And then they woke up in time for us to watch uh, Pirates of the Caribbean okay. in, into, late into the night. Um, so I watched this movie by myself sitting in a car. And I, I, don't really enjoy, I don't enjoy the experience of driving movies, actually. Like, I don't like the screen is not very good. The sound is bad. It's just like it's not a great atmosphere. I don't Were you think. listening uh, through your radio or yeah, a through, speaker on through the, the side? radio? Okay. Through the radio, which is better than the speaker, but it's still not great. Okay. Uh, and you know, I just don't find cars that comfortable to sit in. I'm a tall guy. There's nowhere to stretch out for me. You know, like okay. I need stretch out room. I need to get my legs, especially since I have bad knees, so I can't keep them folded for too long. I need to occasionally let them stretch out. And so, um, but anyway, I saw this movie. So it was on. I saw it was on Netflix, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna watch this movie again because it was so weird. It's sure. such a weird movie. And I just wonder, like, why, why did they do it? And what? So I watched it. Eve and I watched it together. And we thought, you know, that was pretty good. And the movie was Bewitched. Oh. And I saw it in a plane. So you saw it in a weird place as well. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's not a good place to watch it either. I don't know. Because I like Steve Carell in it. Steve Carell. He does a pull in. That's right. That's right. And it's not bad. Uh, there was a, like three different guys from, from The Daily Show in that. Uh, in that movie. All right. So this is... Uh, Stephen Colbert is in it. Stephen Colbert. But this is, uh, you know, what's his name? Who's it's? And then what's hers? And then the It's others. got Will Ferrell. Yeah. It has Nicole Kidman. Sure. Which everyone was waiting for that team up. Uh, but if you watch the film, Will Ferrell is clearly doing a Jim Carrey. So I believe that mm. they originally wanted Jim Carrey to do that role. They couldn't get Jim Carrey, so they brought in Will Ferrell and basically said to him... I was trying him, not to... I was trying to get Will Smith out of my head. Mm. It's like, Will Smith, Will... And, uh, <laughs> no, all the Will... <laughs> Will like, Adale. They did no, not, that's from Robin Hood. That's, that's not right at all. They did... Uh, it's Ellen Adale, isn't it? Oh, sure. Even ro- worse. <laughs> uh, was there a Will in Robin Hood? Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet. I'm confusing those two. Mm-hmm. Well, when they were a couple, their name was Will Adale. <laughs> their couple name. That's right. That was their slash, yeah. slash fiction name. Uh, the... Or no, their shipping name? Shipping name. That's what it is. Sure. Anywho, uh, so yeah, it has Nicole Kidman doing a very interesting take on the character. Mm-hmm. But the movie's kind of weird. Well, Elizabeth because Montgomery originally played the Samantha character. Well, she's not playing Samantha, though. That's the, that's the yeah. kind of weird part of the film is it has this meta element to it. Very meta. Where she it's is, a big gimme for the, for the concept. Yeah, because she's a real witch. Yes. Uh, Will Ferrell plays a real actor. 
Yes. Who is sort of down on his luck career-wise. He's, you know, and so he's had a bad, huge movie flop. So he's mm-hmm. trying to recover. He agrees to play Darren in a in a re, you know, uh, in a remake of Bewitched. And and then in sort, you know, he's got, you know, uh, you know, un- you know, he's has a big ego, I guess, as part of the film. And so sure. he wants to cast an unknown so that he will stand out as Darren rather than to get lost. Because, you know, his worry is like they replaced Darren during the run of the show and no one noticed. <laughs> so he wants, you know, so so he finds Nicole Kidman. She's about to sneeze and she's wiggling her nose. And that, he, you know, this totally grabs his attention and he just wants her to be play this part. But basically he wants to take advantage of her naivete and just kind of have her as a silent character. And he is the fo- focus of the show. And, uh, but yeah, so it's weird. Like, but she's a real witch. Yeah. So she's a real witch playing a real, a real witch who's, but in the show, in the movie, in the real life part of the movie, she is a witch who has given up her witchy ways as much as she can. Cause it's, of course, very easy to like fall back into making things easy for yourself. But she wants to have a normal life. She wants to right. meet a, a real person and have a real relationship with them that f- has like real life meaning that they, meet each other and love each other and ha- and it's not just you know like the sort of because in the witch world she feels like everything is just you know it's just easy get it's easy to get you know it's just everything is it's just you know you want to have sex with them and you snap your fingers and they'll have sex with you right but they it's, won't she can't make them love them though right that's always the no, deal right? uh well i didn't talk about that in the show oh, okay but, well that was always the deal with but, those it was, kind of but they can make you like she can make you know there is a scene where she makes him love her oh that's terrible but it's okay. not real yeah because it's just a spell. It's not a real feeling for her. It's just a fake feeling for her, and it's no good. And so she changes. She changes what's happening. Um, but actually, I thought the film was quite it was was better than I thought it was. It's not perfect. There, it kind of does fall apart a little bit in the near the end near the end of the second act. Uh, but the worst part of the movie is the music. The music is so so cued to this kind of like cutesy. Here comes the laugh. Boop 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 boop. And people are just walking down a, a, a path talking to each other. Mm. You know, like, say, uh, it has um, Jason Schwartzman in it as okay. as uh, Will Ferrell's agent, kind of slimy agent. And they're walking down this path talking to each other. And he's, like, trying to get him up. You know, you got to be a tiger for this. You got to you know, make some demands. You got to show who you are and blah, blah, blah. You know, but the music is... You know, it's just so out of place. You're, yeah. You're like, and by the way, people who made this movie, this scene requires no music. Yeah. You don't need music for people and walking on a path talking. Now, are they making a movie of Bewitched or a TV series? They're making a TV series of They're Bewitched. They're redoing the TV series yeah. of Bewitched. Yeah. So Bewitched already existed in this universe. That's right. Okay. But it wasn't, it did not have real witches in the show. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But, but as far but as we know. The ver- oh, okay. But the version of Bewitched that we all know yeah. in this in this movie universe yeah. existed. Yep. So when Steve Carell shows up doing Paul Lynn, yeah. it's just a coincidence that Paul Lynn was on the other show as well. And he's just and- No, he is I think he appears more as like the movie is trying to make him like a hallucination of Will Ferrell's. Oh. But that okay. is both real and not real. It's like this weird magical moment that happens. And it doesn't explain why it happened. We could say maybe it's no uh, maybe it's her dad, mm-hmm. you know, actively trying to put bring them together, uh, uh, having second thoughts about what love actually so is. So she has a dad in this. The, Michael Caine plays Cole her dad Cain. and does a pretty pretty good job as All her right. dad. Yeah. Do they say he's a warlock in this? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. And she doesn't like warlocks because they're all about easy, you know, easy come, easy go, and just uh, 
well, I'm trying to think of the thing, you know, I can't think of it right now, but just, you know, like, they're just all about temporary pleasure. Mm-hmm. They're not about, you know, like, long-lasting commitment and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, do you feel that in the world of, let's go, the original Bewitched? Mm-hmm. Sem- don't know the show super well. It's been a long time since okay, I watched that but show. but do you know the general concept? I know the concept of the show. Uh, also, almost the I Dream of Genie type thing, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you feel like that Samantha, in the world of Bewitched, is sort of the equivalent of someone who decides to marry someone Amish? And then just goes like, I'm going to give up all electronics and I'm going to really get to the land and I'm going to, I'm going to like live, live my life without, uh, any of these, uh, accoutrements and this. Cause, uh, you know, just making things, getting rid of all the e- things that make it easier. No, I don't think that's true. I think that she makes a decision that turns out to be very hard to follow because, as I said, ma- magic is so tempting because it's so easy yeah. to fall back on. But I think her, heart is in the right place in the sense that she wants to fit into this world of this person that she's fallen in love with. Mm -hmm. Like she's not putting aside magic and then hunting down Darren. They, the show makes it clear and they do show like the beginning of the the old show. So I know how it begins where they keep bumping into each other and slowly this, this, these accidental meetings, she starts to have, she starts to be interested in this person and then they actually have a date. Yeah. And then, but he doesn't know who she is in like reality. Right. So, and then she starts to fall in love with him. And so everyone says, you know, it's not going to work. And she says, well, I'll make it work. I'll, you know. But she's also honest with him. She tells him who she is. Yes. It's not a show where she can't tell him she's a witch and it's all the kind of stuff like that. And I think that's kind of an interesting part of that show is that their relationship is loving and honest. And so it's frustrating for him, things she does. But they are together in, in this situation, you know. Like it's not her. She's yeah. not being sneaky. Now, in the old show, I'm going to go to the old show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's good? Okay. Now, it, does this still hold up? The idea where he's saying to her, uh, don't use your witch powers because she he doesn't want her to use her witch powers. Yeah, like I I don't think she's the fir- the one who goes. I'm gonna give up my witch powers. Like he's going. I I want you to give up your witch okay. powers, and she agrees to it. Okay, because she cause she values love over yeah. that. Yeah, is he right to ask her to give up her witch powers to 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 have her stop being powerful? Yeah, and don't and don't and don't have this powerful and 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 uh, yeah. know, is that the right thing to do? Like, does that still no? Hold because up? the way you're describing it, and of course I don't remember, but that when the way you're describing it, it actually sounds like here's a man who is who is doing the the feminine equivalent of being castrated. So she, her power is being taken away from her mm-hmm. by a man. So that she's he's, choosing it though. Well, whatever. She's she is making the choice. But no one should demand someone to make that choice to be with them to give up their power. Right. Okay. That's an unfair thing to ask someone to do. Like so if someone becomes your wife, I would say if that woman say say I married a doctor. Oh, that old sitcom I married a doctor. Yeah, I married a doctor. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that one. But anyway, I married a doctor. I married a doctor and so she makes more money than me. <laughs> he walks her just walks in, Oh, I had a hard day at work. Yeah. Beep beep. I'm doing surgery. <laughs> oh no, but where's my dinner? I got the boss here and you're doing surgery in the living room. You married a doctor. Hey, let's uh let's have a romantic evening. All right, the kids are gone. Paging doctor sir. Oh no, why we even have that in the house? Uh you married a doctor. So but no, I, but he, when he marries this doctor, though, he makes mm-hmm. her stop being a doctor. Right. So that he can be the breadwinner and support her. You know, that's, that's kind of the equivalent of, of, of right. what... Right, which in the early 60s... It, it, was an ex- it, it, was it almost a, is a, the no yeah. wife of mine is going to have a job, yeah, and no yeah. wife of mine is going to have omnipotent powers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the, I'm the head of the household. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they play it like it's a good... But yeah, I just wonder if you did it now. Well, that, that, maybe that's a twist that they bring to the movie, though, yeah. because in the movie, it's her decision before she knows anyone. She just comes to L.A. 
mm-hmm. and gets a house right and you know and decides that she's going to live a normal life and just starts like trying to figure out how you live a normal life like what do you need to be a human being mm-hmm. you know like you need a job you need because you have to make money and right. blah 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 right so she starts trying to like do these things and so her running into will ferrell's character who then wants her to be in this show she's kind of against that idea because the way she described way he describes being an actor and what you get from it sounds to her like what you just get from magic yeah that's you know? interesting okay that's an angle and so she's not interested in it that way but but then she kind of starts to fall for him and that and that's why she's interested in it right so uh yeah they kind of they kind of remove that element from it in a way that it makes it her choice yeah i could to want to escape this world of the easy fix and the easy easy get you know because there's no like if you can just make anything it's the not you know if nothing it's, it's nothing ple- if nothing has any value yeah. then it's, there's no it's pleasure v joy yeah, yeah that's, that's right, right. That's yeah right. so if you want to have deep joy you've got to earn the thing you've mm-hmm. got to like uh do the work you got to do this thing and it's yeah so yeah. it's 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 uh pleasure the the quick fix. yeah that's an interesting thing also the idea that power uh leads to weakness and just like i want to be a fuller person so i'm going to give up this power so that I can make the other elements stronger because yeah. they're going to just atrophy without without that. Like yeah. with my father, Michael Caine, you know, he's that's yeah. all he's got. He's just a womanizer who just like, seeks pleasure, right, and takes advantage of people as well. It's not; it's just his pleasure. It's, there's no pleasure for the other people in the in the relationship. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, I thought you know I actually enjoyed it quite a bit um, more than I enjoyed it when I saw it in at the drive-in. Like I say, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah, like the music in it is completely horrible. It's just like sandpaper to me. I will give it another try. It's on Netflix. But, by the way, uh, I saw a movie on Netflix. I promised uh, uh, Nina that I would watch uh, Beauty and the Beast. Did I tell you that I saw this? Um, it's a tale as old as time. And told twice for some reason. So, okay, real fast on this because we got about five minutes left. Okay, uh, I, uh, I I watched it. Now, now I'm I'm not sure what Nina's perspective on it was. Was she mm. like pro or again? Let us know. Um, but <laughs> well, how do you feel about it? it? Uh, I was going. Uh, I don't know why this is a thing. Like it doesn't aside, make any sense aside to from, me. I, guess, I think Nina like, was against it. Okay, if you're growing up with this movie, I guess it's a thrill to see it happen. But it so duplicates what the mm. what the original movie was. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like it's got a new angle or take on yeah. it. And the and because like I could see like if you're doing a live action version of something that you know like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, I could see like oh you're doing the live action. Very good, makes sense. But when it's all CGI anyway, mm-hmm. for the most part, like once you get to the castle. Uh, the beast is CGI. All the plates are CGI. Yeah, the, the clock is CGI. Yuck. The flaming thing is CGI. Yeah. Well, fuck, we've already had CGI. And in fact, there was some CGI in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's just creepier CGI. It's less charming uh, <laughs> animated things running around. Yeah. And it makes you, I think it makes you question the, this, the reality of this world more. Where the animated cartoon, because it's a cartoon, you kind of accept the crazy elements of it without right. going, why is there only one cup? Like, why are there two cups? Where are the other cups? Where's the dad cup? What is... Like, what are the relationship of, of each other to everything? Why is, like, yeah, if you get into it, you go like, well, why is the fucking child who's like six or something, why is he damned because of the actions of uh, this egotistical yeah. prince? Yeah. And he's going to be stuck as a cup for all eternity yeah. because his mom... Well, he won't be stuck for a cup as all eternity because eventually the rose will die. Yeah. And the whole thing ends. What, they're just going to be... But he will still be a cup. 
Oh, is it permanent? Yeah, end? it's going to be a permanent. Oh, I thought it just, just I thought they're going to be stuck like that forever. Mm. They're not going to die. They're going to be oh. eternally uh, a, a bookcase. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> An armoire. These, these were like people that were like working people that didn't have a say in any of this. Yeah, yeah no, So why are they caught along in this bullshit? Yeah. And also, hey, life isn't fair, buddy. Why do they have to serve you? Yeah. In their new hell that is this thing. And so there's a bit of that. And then it also doesn't really when she's when she's a real person, it really doesn't play out that he's the kidnapper and kidnapper of the father. And yeah. it's like, so you're falling in love with this guy. Well, no, you haven't given him enough redemption here at all. Yeah. And yeah. and she needs to do more. So she, Stockholm syndrome doesn't really explain what's no, happening. No, and she okay. really needs to do more with the whole thing, like off the top, where she likes to read. It's really weird. She reads now. She reads a lot of fucking books. Yeah. So I need to have a thing later where it pays she, off. She yeah, she uses these books to maybe here's how you break the curse. Mm. Here's how you do something. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing. And 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 the prince does know how to read. I think I don't know if she teaches them how to read. I can't remember. But, you know, whether he's a rich guy who never bothered to, whatever the fuck. But there's not enough book-related yeah. stuff. Yeah. And also, why aren't the books alive? Mm. You know? What's uh, what's alive and what's not? Yeah. Is the toilet alive? Who fucking knows? Well, I think uh, that... But I don't think it, it I don't think it played to the strengths yeah. of what the thing was. It works better as a, na- a fully animated thing, and it's much more charming as that. This just had a creep factor that was like, <laughs> on it on it for me. Not even the presence of Dan Stevens. Well, uh, that's the, that's the problem. Like when you finally see him at the end, you're like, "Ah, oh, Dan Stevens. I like I like Dan Stevens. He's just he's just a rug. <laughs> the rest of it, you know." So what you're going to tell me right now is it's nowhere near as good as Jean Cocteau's La Belle and La Bête. There you go. Well, what I what, I, what I'm going to tell you is it felt like almost every scene you wanted to have some, one of the characters turn to the audience and go, "Remember this from the movie? <laughs> All right, let's that do it be, again. That would be let's good. Let's do it again. That would be good. Yeah, and then they slip a thing at the end where like one of the characters. You know, because uh, they made a big thing about like it's the first uh, gay character in uh, in 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 a Disney mm, thing, that's right. which is like, and Disney's been actually very pro all that with Disneyland, and they've had you know a lot of uh, good stuff going on at Disneyland and Disney World. So I'm also like, with oh, their employees here, for a long time. Yeah, here we go. Same as waiting for it, mm-hmm. waiting for it. I'm like, did I miss it? Did I miss it? Did I miss it? Did I miss it? <laughs> the last minute of the film, yeah. they do like one little thing at the end, and you're like, that's not enough at all. <laughs> Because it can play as a laugh. Yeah. So you can't do that. You got to no. do it in the middle. And that way, now you got the full character thing and it's fine. You can't just do it at the end and go like, eh, mm. see? Huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Look at that. Pretty daring, hey? Yeah. By the way, I'm gay. What? And uh, there the credits roll. <laughs> the South said, we're so mad. Yeah. Okay. Fine and fine. Mm. There you are. And uh, yeah, I just didn't, uh, I didn't quite see the reason for it. And I know they're going to do them for all the movies now. Like I can sort of see Lion King because it's all going to be CGI and like maybe, and it's a good cast. Maybe it'll be fine. But uh, even like Jungle Book, which was okay. Uh, I'm like not a hundred percent sure on why you're doing that. Mm. Yeah. Haven't seen, haven't seen any of that it's stuff. It's okay. Jungle Book's okay. This is no point. Uh, I went and saw a movie. Just, uh, just uh, sure. Lisa, Lisa decided because we were going, we were going to Seattle yesterday to see uh, Sloan play because Woo! Sloan because we couldn't. I saw Sloan with you guys uh, a couple of years ago at the PNE. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, that was a good show. Touring their Commonwealth album, their double album, their second double album. Um, easy for me to say. Double the uh, so we we're going to see we we're going down to Seattle so we knew we were going to have dinner down there so we decided well Lisa decided let's not go out for dinner for our anniversary we'll just go see a movie okay so I'm like okay and it was your anniversary uh yeah last Monday happy anniversary thank you what uh, can I say twenty four years very nice it's our anniversary next month twenty four years is the tissue anniversary 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that blows. Because all the connective tissue in your joints uh, is starting to break down. a better joke than I was going to make. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Well, congratulations on your anniversary. That's, thank you. So um, so we decided... So I'm looking. I'm trying to find like a movie that... So I need... these. Okay. These are the criteria that I need okay. needed to watch a movie. Well, it can't be a horror movie. Okay. So A Quiet Place is out, even though I would love to see that film. I'm not interested in seeing uh, Ready Player One. Okay. Nor is Lisa, because she yeah. knows nothing about video games at all. She grew up in the country, all right? It's more movies and TV, but yes. Okay. Uh, it has to start early, because she needs to go to bed early. Okay. So I was really... So you went to the library and watched no. a movie there and saw Cars 2, <laughs> finally answering the questions that were left from Cars 1. I've seen, Cars, I've seen Cars 2 before. I've That's seen the one Cars that, 3. No, I haven't. I don't have you need, seen Planes need, and Airplanes? don't need any more answers. I had okay. all the answers I can take. Once I had the car poop, I was just like, I don't understand this world. <laughs> um... No, so I was looking. How does he give communion? How do they get communion? <laughs> get communion. And who died for this? Yeah, sins? who died? <laughs> who sins? died? Made you pope. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, I, I, I was looking, and so there's a movie theater that we really like to go to in Bellingham. Mm-hmm. A little, it's called the Pickford Film Center, and it's a, it's a kind of a named after Mary Pickford. Well, maybe so. I probably, though she was yeah. Canadian, so that seems weird. But anyway, uh, it's called the Pickford Film Very Center. Popular in the states, though. Yeah, she was America's sweetheart from Halifax. There you are. Uh, but Louis B. Mayer was also a Canadian, founder of Metro Golden Mayer, M- MGM. Anyway, so um, uh, so I look, was looking there, and I I see this film called I think it's like Landing on Your Feet or something like that. Has Imelda Staunton. I'm like, oh, okay, she's a good actress. Um, that guy, that other actor, sure. can't remember his name now. Okay, sorry everyone. Just what else was he in? Went out of my head. Uh, he played the rat character in uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. You know that guy, right? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was in it, and a couple other people, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is good. I don't know. But it's at, it was at 6.15. That was the magic part of it for me. I was like, mm-hmm. this is an early movie. Oh, my gosh. So so I said, well, let's go down to that. We'll go down, we like going to that theater. We'll go see the movie. So we get down there. We got there a little late just because it was a bit too kind of squished. 6.15 was was a little too too squished for, for our, our schedule. But So we got there a little late. We missed the, the, By the credits. Way, Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. There you go. Yes. His uh, his son is also an actor. He was in uh, Hot Fuzz, for instance. Very good. Um, and Roadies. And that movie about that pretty good horror movie that was on Netflix where the guys are going through the woods in, in like Nor- Norway or something. Woodsies. Woodsies. That's what the movie's called. The Ritual, it's called. All right. Anywho, so uh, if anyone wants to see a movie that's pretty good, it's like The Ritual. It's on Netflix. Is <sighs> that guy in it? So, um, so yeah, I was trying to think of his name, but it was not popping mm-hmm. in my head. Anyway, so then... Um, we get down there. It's a little late. Sit down. Oh man, it's just one of those things where like you get into uh, we get into the movie theater and you're like we're in a bit of a rush and then you end up behind like the oldest people in the world who are being served by the oldest people in the world <laughs> and you're just like has time stopped? Is am I? What's happening? This line is not moving an inch. There's like nothing's happening. Yeah. Oh, it's so awful. Everyone's talking to each other. No one's paying attention to like going up and getting served. And then when they get there, they're like, well, how's, how's every little thing, Myrtle? You know, and they're like talking back and forth. Like, excuse me, I'm trying to say I'm okay. I don't have to try to chitty chat. Get, get to work, you bums. Even though I know you're volunteers, but the... so anyway, um, so we finally get into the theater. We sit down. The movie started. Uh, and soon as I saw, soon as I like sat down and looked at the screen, I just went, Oh my God, this movie's old. This movie's for old people. <laughs> I mean, I'm old. This movie's for people who are like 20 years older than me. Well, what's the movie called again? It's called Landing on Your Feet or something. Yeah, like well, come on. It's right. basically my movie called like Getting On with It. It is so or Over the Hill. It is so routine, 
so uh, by the road. Or and so it goes. And it's so like everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. They don't bother to set anything up. Right. It's just like every scene is just like, here's this going to happen. This is going to happen. This let is going to happen. This is going to happen. So this is, is, happen. is it a woman whose uh, husband dies and then no. she finds Close. romance later? Close. Close. Does the husband cheat on her? Husband cheats on her. That's oh, right. Okay. With this a woman. Seems to be standard. Okay. With a woman who in no way is an improvement on her. You're like, yeah. what kind of. Was the actress so vain that she's like, I don't want a better looking woman. Right. Being, I don't want to be cheated on by a better looking woman. Hire hire some woman who looks like a mess. Okay. It's just, oh. And then, yeah. So then. She finds herself? She finds herself through. Guess what she finds herself through? Landing on your feet. Uh, on your feet. Uh, uh, adult movies? No. Landing on your feet. Oh, Landing dancing. on your knees. Dancing, dancing. That's right. Very good. Uh, yeah. So dancing is involved. Dancing, uh, her, her sister. Her sister who's much poorer than her. Yeah. Uh, is a free spirit. Sure. A free spirit. And, and oh, it's just the whole time I was watching it. Like, I could hear people around me laughing. Like, the audience was enjoying it. Sure. The 100-year-old audience that we're sitting with yeah, were enjoying it. it. Uh, yeah, but I, just the whole time I was just like, oh, my God, I'm just not old enough to enjoy this movie. This is not a million miles away from Meditation Park. Is that right? Yeah. Again, it's a similar, you know. I set, just can't. Set their ways. It's the husband. Oh. Finds out the husband's cheating. Yeah, that's right. And then other things go on. And I then there's can't. a couple of good things and there's a couple of not so good things. I just can't enjoy, like, I'm not old enough to, like, appreciate all the cliches that I'm seeing. Right. They're, just not, they're not cliches that speak to me and my, where I am in my life right now. And I just, oh, the whole time I was watching it. And like I say, because the movie is moving at such a breakneck pace to get in all the cliches, not just one or two cliches, but every cliche, every cliche. It doesn't spend any time developing the characters. Yeah. They're all, like, they just, like, I'm this, and now I'm this. Yeah. Where's the change? What made this change? What, like, there's nothing like that. It's and, just plot to plot to plot oh, to plot Oh, and, no cha- and no one really develops, their characters don't really develop. And, for, for all that oh. people sometimes will be bashing the Marvel movies, let me just say this about almost every Marvel movie that I've seen. Like, I get that it goes from plot point to plot point to end with a big, ah, thing, yeah. and the, yeah. There's always, a ray from the sky. There's always time in the movies uh, where the p- people are sitting down and just having a talk with each other. There's mm-hmm. always just like chin wag time in yeah. those movies. They just sit down and yeah, they'll just right. shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like super witty, but it's like they just take a take a fucking break. Mm-hmm. They take a break and everyone's like talking. And 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 movies like the DC movies, they don't get that. They just go plot to plot to plot to plot to plot to yeah. plot to plot. Yeah, right. And they're like, what? What? We did the exact same thing as the Avengers did. No, you didn't. Yeah, because you didn't have the Take the time. It's a point where Avengers ends with them just hanging out Mm -hmm. because that's what gives the strength in in both a blockbuster and in a in a an indie movie. Give people the time to sit and just fucking shoot the shit a little bit to build the character. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm not the world's biggest fan of the Marvel films, I really appreciate the what I really appreciate about those films is that they they put a movie like they created the universe from this from small and then they went large. You know, so they did Iron Man. And they did other movies, Captain America, and they did other movies, Thor, and they did other movies that I can't think of. They didn't do their movies in those ones. But anyway, but you know what I mean? They, they gave, you introduce those characters and, and... Had a raccoon in one or two of them. Oh, Guardians of the... Well, Guardians of the... But then, you know, they, they did... They had movies that introduced you to the characters and uh, of this universe. And so you're, you have a connection to them. So that as it gets... The movies get bigger and bigger. You still have a connection to those characters. Right. They're not lost to you. In all the stuff that's happening, even Age of Ultron, which I thought was pretty awful, has you still have that connection to those characters, mm-hmm. you know. So you, you know, even though it's the movie's a big mess, you're still like 
there's a scenes you can enjoy that going to to um, I think it's I think it's a mess but I don't think it's bad in that there's, Hawkeye's there's... house and that that scene works really well because yeah. you you know all these characters and they all resonate and with they you. And they stand around for a while and they have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, and they have a conversation. Let's just talk let's just take mm-hmm. a breath and talk it out for mm-hmm. a little bit here. Sure. And they had a little bit of that too with the party at the at the you know, with like the veterans that like Steve's hanging out with and everyone just has a little talk. And it's like, yeah, just have a little talk. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's what you need in any kind of movie. Yeah. Because you can't all just have event, 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 event. Yeah. 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 The, the only problem for me with the veteran scene is that's when they decided to insert the Stanley cameo, which breaks the the oh, scene. Oh, okay. I'll give you. It breaks the scene for me. I think this is one of the reasons that a lot of TV shows that we liked, uh, you know, that we like. Uh, work is that they don't have infinite budget. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have a lot of scenes where people are just sitting and talking. Yeah. And it's because we don't have the money. But because of that, you get yeah. to like the characters more. Mm-hmm. So when something does happen, you give a fuck. Whereas you go to a movie like, say, maybe you're a fool and you go see Rampage. And, and it's like... <laughs> every, someone in this room go see Rampage? Everything is... Set up complete, set up complete, lead to this, and we're doing that. And now yeah. we're over here, mm-hmm. and no one's normal, and no one has a conversation. Yeah. And now there's a big fucking ape. And who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Uh, you know, you've earned none of the laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the action is fine, but, like, you could have just, like, just had so much uh, annoying. Yeah, well, in this film, I mean, the characters do have... Pacific Rim, the first one, that has some yip-yap in it, and that's monster fighting giant stuff. What, sorry, which one? Uh, Pacific Rim. I didn't like the movie very much. Yeah, but it still had some yip yap in it, so that when stuff's going on, uh, you give you give two shits. I guess so, but I feel like that movie, the yip yap is it's too too expository. Like there's too much character set up and not not really developing it. You know, and that was my problem with. I'm not going to fight too hard for Pacific Rim. This is this is the problem with landing on your wrinkly feet is that it's all it's all the characters are talking to each other, but they're just. They're just emblematic of two different opinions. One's a staid middle middle class woman, the other one's a free spirited lower class woman, and that's their characters. Right. You know, is this and, based on the video game Dance Dance Revolution? It's totally based on Dance Dance Revolution. If Dance Dance Revolution was also called Dance Dance Revolution, oh crack bo- broke the bone in my my leg, that would be the or like, that doesn't happen in the movie, but oh, and it's, you know, this is stuff like meh. They get to go in like on a all expenses paid trip to Italy because they danced uh, a flash mob as old people <laughs> in the street in London. Just stuff like that. Yeah. Even uh, even you... the cast of Pitch Perfect looks at that and goes, that's not realistic. <laughs> and it's just, But it allows for the, the go to Italy scene because yeah. you get out of the sure. state England and you go to this magical place in Italy. Where it's cheaper to shoot. Where it's cheaper to shoot. <laughs> Cheaper shoot. They probably shot all of it in Italy. They just finally revealed they were in Italy in yeah, that scene. More than likely. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and they're in Rome, and uh, it's so magical here, and all these things are going to happen, and blah blah blah. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't because you don't know the characters because they're all just they're just you know structures or just opinion. You know, they're just opinion pieces or you know what I mean. Like they just represent something. They're not actually human, so you you can never like go, oh, how sad she's dying of cancer. You're just kind of like. Oh, hmm. Mm-hmm. This is happening now. Sure got to this fast. Like, I didn't really pay it off because there's no clues to this, to what was coming. And then you just kind of threw it in near the end of the movie to have like a cheap kind of payoff. It's how elderly Ag- Agnes got her groove back. Yeah, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> elderly Agnes got her groove back. Yeah. 
Huh? I was gonna say it was like Shirley Valentine, but she actually like does bond with the audience because she talks so much to the to the camera that uh, you're actually like, oh, mm. I'm on board with her because it was based on a play, so yeah, that all makes yeah. sense. They actually pull it off. That's one of the that's one of the ones I think pulls it off the best, but because they have such a unrealistic convention of having her constantly talk to us, mm. I'm like, ah, all right, sure, here we go. I'm in. I'm in for this. Yeah, I, yeah. You need if you're gonna do something like that, you need the characters to surprise you in a way and not just be not just be there as you know kind of i uh, uh, well it's like i say just sort of embodiments of of an opinion right you know that's all they are well i think like again when i saw meditation park one of the reasons i liked it was and i think like the audience i was with really liked it was this they is were old <laughs> there were some old people there but uh i think it was because these are people that we see all the time mm-hmm. but you never get their stories so you're like what's up with them what's up with the women who are selling the parking spots what's that what's their deal what's with this woman with that what's the one who's working the, doing the binning what's what's her what's things like when she goes home and so it was this kind of standard plot the same plot you're showing yeah but with this type of with this character that you haven't seen in film yeah. so that made it novel enough that you're like oh what's the what's yeah. the deal here and i mean sure and there's and lots if, of little details mm. cultural details that you're like well that's interesting that people in yeah. the audience well are that's like going, not but Ooh. there but there you go you're just telling me something it's not cliched like whereas the film i'm watching is, well the plot cliched. is cliched the plot is cliched but the characters aren't cliched a woman a woman's husband cheats on her she goes somewhere she yeah. learns to discover herself again and gets kind of a, an, a, an emotional awakening that's kind of a cliche plot mm-hmm. but it's like who's doing it is it someone yeah because the people that i saw when i uh i think i've seen the trailer for it uh at least i've seen the poster but i've seen these people in everything before mm-hmm. so it's like uh, okay i know them yeah uh, what's gonna happen all right well I've, i know them already so what's new <laughs> what are we doing here yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we got to wrap up because I promised my wife I would help with gardening tonight. Oh, okay. So and uh, the sun is going down. Ooh. And Ian's, the vampires come out. Ian is a liar. But hey, we did do. We how long did we do? We we did ourselves here. Uh, we did an hour and forty five minutes. So that went forty five <laughs> minutes longer than I, I said. Uh, and Dave, are you? Do you have a special treat for people? I do have a special treat for people that um, because what what I because Ian suggested. Because we were doing this on the fly, yeah, and I'm going to try and get it out tonight. I'm going to yeah. go home and edit this. Uh, that I do the musical segment separate from you. Yeah, you already did it. You said no more punishment of having to listen to these <laughs> damn songs again. Uh, and so the special treat is though I have a special guest. Oh, okay. Who's joining me? So this special guest is is coming in to listen to music with me. We're going to have a pretty good conversation. We actually talked for quite a while together. Right. Now is this your friend Harvey? This is. <laughs> have you have you met my friend Harvey? The only I just want to say one thing though before we. we... Life begins at the hop. It's the first <laughs> song that he. Where life begins at the hop. That's a good song. XDC, nice, 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 nice one there. You know I like that band. Um, I uh, I just want to apologize for the sound quality. Uh, my guest sounds great because I set up the mic. For my guest, perfectly. Yeah. But for me, for some reason, I forgot that I it was because I it was it was they're kind of cheaper mics that I, I'm using at home in my home studio, and so I have both uh, these little uh, windscreens that we use. But I also put kind of like a a, a a foam ball on on the the microphone to further dampen my my incredible sibilance and uh, <laughs> popping peas, and so. I didn't notice that the mic was turned uh, sideways. Ah, we have made that mistake before. Yes, that's right. But I don't, because I've just kind of got this home studio thing going, I don't have headphones for it yet. So I couldn't hear myself. Right. And so it looked okay on on the screen. I thought, oh, my voice looks okay. It's not super loud, but it's okay. Sure. 
But then when I was listening to it, I could clearly I was talking sideways to a microphone. So I apologize for that. I'm not always super loud, but I did what I could to make it sound now, better. Now, I'm going to take a guess that the guests are uh, your chickens. Yes. I decided I was going to have a really noisy uh, podcast. Nice. That's what it's called. People have been asking about the chickens. Have they? Yep. And we'll find out about them next week. <laughs> next week, yeah. That's, we our, talk about that's it our teaser. That's our teaser. We'll I, do do little, have to, I do have to go. We'll do a little so, chick talk. Uh, so let's just go right into that right now. Let's right. just say goodbye. To, goodbye to Ian. All right. Uh, Ian's leaving. Goodbye from me and goodbye from him. Uh, not goodbye from me because I'm going to be joining oh, everyone back to, in, back one, to you. in one second. Okay. So, uh, I, will be, uh, I will be leaving to uh, help my wife uh, shovel some dirt. Yes. Ian's going to go and do what he does, never does in this show, which is shovel some shit. All right, everyone. Well, uh, bye. second part of the of our replacement episode i know that we've probably gone into great detail about why we are recording this and why this is happening the way it is but um just to kind of recap uh i had the uh i had the the show on the sd card which is what we recorded onto normally and i uh i was carrying around you know for a day and a half in my pocket, as one does with something super valuable like a, a you know the 333rd episode of Sneaky Dragon, and I took it into the Dollarama, and uh, I was buying a cat dish, and for somehow somehow when I was digging into my pocket for the change, I dropped my SD card, and they found it. They put it aside for me. I went back the next day because I was looking all over for it. I tore the house apart. And then I, I went, and uh, you know there was a lot of dust and sweat on me. I went over to the Dollarama. And uh, I asked if it was there, and the, the fellow behind the counter stuck up his hand like, Ah, I know exactly what you mean. Went to the drawer to get it, and it wasn't there. And uh, obviously, they still have not found it. So some lucky employee found a free SD card and took it home with them. So I hope they enjoy the several, I think there are probably six uh, Sneaky Dragon episodes that were sit- sitting on there that hadn't uh, taken off. Anyway, so here we are. And so this is going to be the second part of the show. Ian didn't want to do the musical part again. Once is enough is uh, Ian's view of music. So so we're going to, uh, I, brought, I have a guest star with me today. This is uh, Eve. Say hi, Eve. Hi. Hi, dear. Thank you for doing this with me. Yes, no problem. <laughs> I had no idea I was doing this. Well, now you know. Okay. Okay, so I don't know if you know on the show, uh, Eve doesn't listen to Sneaky Dragon, just so everyone knows, because she doesn't need to. Um, I don't require it as a membership in the house that you listen to Sneaky Dragon. Is that yeah, not... Well, I have to pay rent. Just kidding. <laughs> That'd be good, though. Mary, you don't have to pay rent. Because you listen to Sneaky... Actually, Mary doesn't Mary listen doesn't to the show. doesn't listen to the show anymore. Doesn't listen to the show anymore, either. No. Traitor. I've <laughs> been replaced by my brother, my brother and me, in the flop house, and... All the shows on Max Fun are, are on her play, uh, playlist now. Um, so anyway, say she's a sellout. Sellout, <laughs> sellout. Uh, so anyway, um, this is what we've been doing on the show for the last little while. We we get a we get a um, suggestion from a, an audience member, and then what I like to do is I I take that and I I, I choose supposedly it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be top five. That's the supposed idea of it. But because I'm so generous and so indecisive, it's, it's become top six, oh, basically. I thought uh, you were just going to say top whatever. <laughs> top whatever. That's a possibility, too, sometimes. But so kind of top, supposed to be top five, and then we get a bonus song is how, how it's been working. So so what, 
so originally the plan was that I was going to do uh, bubblegum songs for Ian because we we got no we got no uh, suggestions last week, and that was fine. I didn't mind doing bubblegum songs. Uh, but then uh, we got an, an email from a listener. Uh, I should say a re-email, as it was a response just to to our response to his last email. And so Andy Hudson wrote to us. Thank you, Andy. And Andy said, "Hey, Dave and Ian, I thought of another irreverent U.S. manufactured car song." My Car Is Gonna Kill Me by Pink Lincolns from their 1997 album Pure Swank. You know that album quite well, Eve? No. No? Not, no. Don't know that one? <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that while you were reading my email on the show, Ian asked if I am related to the Hudson Brothers. Do you remember the Hudson Brothers, dear? No. No, oh, you don't remember on Sunny and Cher? They're often <gasps> on there. As far as I know, I am not. I wish that I were. Then I would say hello to Brett and his brothers for, for Ian. I guess that's Brett Hudson. But one of the Hudson's brothers is the uh, father of Kate Hudson. Okay. You know yeah. Kate Hudson? Yeah. I know Kate Hudson. Yeah. Famous uh, designer of uh, tight pants for yes. ladies to exercise in. Yes. And also an actress. Yep. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Is that a good movie? No. I only got like 20 minutes into it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like it. That's too bad because that movie is, is uh, written and directed by the guy who plays the uh, bouncer, the nightclub bouncer in um, Last Days of Disco, the Wet Stillman film. Brett, no, Bert, no, something steers. It's a weird name. I wanted to say butt steers, but that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> His parents hated him. <laughs> His parents hated him. But it's something like that. It's like, Bert, no, it's not Bert, but it's weird. It's a weird name. It's something steers. Anyway, he uh, he did that film, and he also did um, that zombie movie that came out, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is not bad. Not a bad, uh, not a bad zombie film. Uh, anyway, enough about... Enough about the Hudson Brothers and Kate Hudson. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? And she's like writing a newspaper column and she... Burr. Burr steers. Yeah, she's like writing a newspaper column, I think, about how to... I guess how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. I don't really remember exactly what... I think Matthew McConaughey's point was that like he wanted to to get rid of her or he was like a playboy. I don't remember. He's a a player. He's a player. A straight killer <laughs> right. um and he yeah i feel like he's trying to be super repulsive but she's also trying to be super repulsive okay. and then it okay. becomes like a thing like or maybe he doesn't want to lose her like he's made a bet with his friends because that feels like the only logical reason i think yeah you're right i think that why they're like you you mm-hmm. have to stick with this girl and then she's like just the absolute worst like like there's a scene where she brings potted plants into his house god forbid Potted plants. Oh, oh that relatable moment. <laughs> oh. Someone's bringing oxygen into my house? Not this again. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to water them. I assume he... Wait, when was that film made? I would assume he had a cell phone he could program in, like a, a reminder to water my plants. Mm. Doesn't really matter, I guess. 2003. No, I probably didn't have a cell phone. No, then that he the could, pager. Uh, he had a pager. <laughs> he could, had his paging service send yeah. him reminders to, to water his plants. Uh, and then... That's okay. I have not seen the whole film either because I only watched as much as you were watching and probably less than that. But I do remember him taking her to his his family who unaccountably lived on Long Island, although he clearly had like a southern accent hmm. in the movie. Because Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So it sounds like he's from Texas, but his family were, had relocated from Texas to Long Island. And they were like this really kind of like charming, you know, kind of big kind of, I don't know, that kind of Steven Spielbergian family, a big messy, noisy thing on Long Island, and Kate Hudson kind of found that charming. Do you remember that sequence? No, I don't. How did that stick in my mind? That's weird. I just remember potted plants. <laughs> you just remember potted plants. Well, everyone has their priorities. 
My priority is family. Yours is plants. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials. Mm, millennials, am I right? Regarding my odd... Are you a millennial? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think you are, actually. I think you are. No? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I think all that's... Like, you're like a 90s kid, but... I was born in 97, so that doesn't count. Yeah, I think that you're just outside of millennial... I think it's from 85 to 95 or something like that. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think I should fall into the 2000s categories, just because that doesn't <laughs> sit like, well with me. You don't like the 2000s either? No. Wow, you you have no you have no uh, nostalgic oh, decade. No. What about the what about the 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 uh, tens of the century? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You like the tens high so school, far? like like elementary school dances. Oh, that's the yeah, that's, that's the, the music. Though. You said you didn't like the two thousands. Yeah. I feel like I'm turning away from the mic while I'm talking. I would say twenty ten would have been elementary school. Okay. Would it? Yeah, because Mary would have been in grade ten. I would have been in grade. What's it's not? When did you graduate? Twenty fifteen. 2015. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're just on the tail end. Wow. Nice. Killed it. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Math. Uh, those are things I don't have to remember now. Me either. <laughs> Regarding my odd postscript. This is for Mandy. Sorry, this is not me talking. Regarding my odd postscript, my phone automatically adds that sent from my iPhone line to the end of every email. I was joking that that was his, his postscript sent oh, from my okay. iPhone. This is a joke, Andy. Uh... I didn't realize that could be changed, but thanks to my teenage children, I have just learned how to delete it. So that's good. Mine says, uh, sent from a dragon's lair. Mm. On my, but I'm always embarrassed when I send it to people that aren't, uh, that I don't know, so then I always end up erasing it all the time on emails to people like inquire. I always erase that. Like, that's sort of silly. Erase. Ugh, hiding myself. Hiding my, my, my light under a bushel. Do you know that Bible quote, Eve? Hiding your light under a bushel? Yeah. Yes, because you've said it to me my entire life. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Bible quote. There, well, there you go. Jesus says it in one of the Gospels. I'm not sure which. Thanks for keeping me entertained during my commutes to work. Regards, Andy Hudson. Well, you're welcome, Andy. We're 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 happy to help people during their commutes because believe me, I know there's nothing worse than a commute. But here's the good thing about having a commute: listening to music, which is what I like to do. Not necessarily listen to podcasts, although I some, sometimes do that. Then he says, uh, uh, "Postscript? No, I guess not. Postscript. It says sent from my bitchin' Camaro." which is a song he, he mentioned last week. Eve, do, Eve doesn't get it because she wasn't here last week. But you get it, dear listener. You understand what Andy's doing there. He's playing us. He says, P.S., I really I don't really own a bitch in Camaro, which is too bad. P.P.S., my phone is obsolete and not worth stealing. And then P.P.P.S., how about a set of songs about technology? And this is what kicked Ian's uh, bubblegum top five off of off of this week's agenda or planned show. Do we have really have an agenda? I don't even know what that means. Schedule? What would be the word I would use? Wouldn't be agenda, would it? Because we're not having a meeting. No, you sound like a communist if you say like that. Communist. Part of our five-year plan, <laughs> top five-year plan. Okay, uh, so so Andy asked for a set of songs about technology, and he so I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I guess I could do uh, computer songs, you know, like songs with mention computer or mention technology, like Kraftwerk's uh, Pocket Calculator, for instance. You love that song? Sure. Sure do. <laughs> that famous, that great song from 1980 or something like that. Um, and then there's uh, uh, Roy Wood's uh, The Computer in Miss Something or Other from, uh, from his album uh, Boulders. Mm-hmm. You love that one, right? Yep, that's real good. Sure. Um, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to do like a themed story about technology. All right? So you got to listen to these songs okay. with me. Okay. Although I've heard them before. Okay. Uh, we're gonna listen to these songs together, and then uh, we're gonna we're going to you're gonna try and figure out what the the theme is. 
of like the whole story? The story of like the, this technology. So it's more of like the, the development of technology. Okay. So it's going to start. Am I trying to figure out? So am I trying to figure out what the technology is? Sure. Sure. Is it like a specific thing? Like, is it like yeah. a calculator? Not a calculator. It's a good okay. guess. Good guess to start. Okay. But it's not. But it is a. Technology. But like, a, okay, I got it. Yeah, and it's been with us for a long time. Uh huh. And hence, hence this technology has 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 developed over time, and so different songs approach it from different ways. How deep are we going with technology here? Are we going just like like just bleep bleep bloop bloop bloop, or are we going like a wheel? No, it's not gonna be a wheel. Although that would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few songs about wheels. Okay. But it's not big wheel. Keep on rolling. Proud okay. Mary. Keep on. No, big wheel. Keep on. This big wheel. Keep on rolling. Proud Mary. Keep on. What is Proud Mary doing? It can't also be rolling. <laughs> yeah, you can't. What rhymes with rolling? I don't know. But isn't that strolling? Because it's tolling. A she 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 has a toll booth. Tolling. Trolling. Trolling. Keep on keep on writing to people. Keep on Reddit. Insulting. Yeah. No, I don't. Proud Mary. Keep on rolling. I'm oh, sorry. Big wheel. Keep on keep rolling. On. Proud Mary. Keep on. I don't know what she's Scrolling. doing. Keep on paddling. Because she's a paddle boat. She's a steamboat on the Mississippi River. What is she doing? Dumb boat. Look it up. Yeah, I'll have to, oh, I'm not going to look it up. That'd be, that'd be a waste of my time. Waste of my time. But what I am going to look up is my top five list that I put on my quick memo on my, my phone. Oops. And uh, this will tell me the songs that I chose for, for Andy. And I'm just going to turn it away so, so Eve can't uh, sneak a peek at these songs. Uh, although you'll probably get it right as soon as I start, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I get where you're, where you're going with this, Dad." Okay, so the first song we're gonna play, oh, this is by a, a band that we like. We saw them together, actually. Can you guess who it, who it is? We saw them together. We saw them in concert together. Two brothers oh, are in the band, and they're from England. Field music. Field music. That's right. The soundtrack to our trip around England in 2012, basically, because uh, I it took me. We rented a car. And I was all excited because I, I had brought my phone with me with all my music on it. And I was going to be like, man, we're going to tootle around England. We do a lot of driving. And I'm going to be able to, first time ever, plug in a phone-like thing. And uh, plug in a phone-like thing. And we're going to um, we're gonna listen to my music all around all around England. But then what happened is I couldn't find a jack to plug, plug the phone into. And so we drove like in silence or we listened to, listened to the radio, which at that point... There didn't seem to be as much good stuff on the radio and on BBC as there was when I used to go to England. Like maybe we heard a little bit of the Archers, but not like a lot. And just a minute wasn't on that that at that time of the year. It just wasn't that great. So so anyway, we we were in Liverpool. I we found uh, Field Music CDs and I bought a couple of them. And uh, we started listening to Tones of Town. And I think we really liked that CD a lot. Hey, that was kind of our yeah. I think that was sound. probably our favorite. Speaking yeah. of speaking of tolls we actually were listening to it while we went through a toll toll booth along a little road that we were to take took out of hay on y near wales do you remember that no i don't we had to stop and we had to dig out 20 pence or something like that and put it into this machine and then the gate opened up and let us continue driving it's very odd private road i suppose but we didn't know we were following the uh, navsat whose name was i don't know beatrice okay <laughs> sure that's what we could have her. said like Ockfoppel, and I would have been no, yes. No, would have been fine. No, it was uh, Beatrice. We, uh, Mary named her, of course, as Mary likes to name things, and she, she became is... our our guide and her frustrated guide because she was always uh, recalculating route. Recalculating route. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, this is a field music song, and this is the start of our our uh, technology theme, and this is sort of like it's kind of like pre-technology, but it it's what we would have done before this technology. Okay? Do you get it? Okay, got it. All right, there's the song.
So that was Gotta Write a Letter by uh, Field Music from their first album, which was called Field Music. And uh, and that didn't give you a clue yet, hey, dear? No, all I got was that they have to write a letter. They have to write a letter, yeah. Gotta write a letter. Uh, they're, a lot, they're a fun band to watch live, I think. I really enjoy like watching, especially their drumming. I thought it was really kind of novel. And in that band, there, there's two brothers, uh, the, the, Brewis, the Brewis brothers, and they both... Um, they both I can only remember one one of the brothers' name, which is one is David, and that's an easy name for me to remember for some reason. I can't remember the other brother's name is, but anyway, they they both write the songs and they both sing their own songs. So when one is singing his song, the other brother is playing the drums when they play live. And I assume in uh, in the studio as well, one of them uh, they'll they'll switch off that way as well, because then so when they play it live, it's obviously it plays to the strengths of the one who's playing the drums because when they're as a and so it's kind of fun because they'll kind of switch back and forth and they're also kind of fun drummers because they don't really play on the beat as much as they kind of play to the rhythm of the song do you know what i mean 
So they're not like creating a beat like bump ch bump ch bump ch bump. They kind of like that song. Got a red leather. Kind of like got a right You know, they're kind of yeah, playing like that. Yeah, you know, and it's it. it's an interesting it's an interesting sound. It's a little different than most most drummers. Most drummers like to play a beat and they kind of lock into a beat with with a bass player, let's say. And in this in that uh, with them, they're they're doing something different. Is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, that was pretty good. So that was the first song. That's uh, Field Music. Got to write a letter. So this next song is by a band that I would classify as a bubblegum band uh, called the Five Americans. And I actually don't know a ton about them. I just uh, the first time I heard this song was on a Nuggets collection, uh, one of their uh, on the CD. I don't can't remember if it was the first Nuggets or the second Nuggets collection that came out on CD from Runner Records. Uh, just the plain, not, not the box set Nuggets, uh, but the just the individual ones when they when the CDs first became a thing. You know, in that time, they had, like, they'd put out a CD and it would have, like, bonus CD tracks that you couldn't get on the record. So there'd be, like, a few extra songs. But anyway, so uh, that this was the first time I heard this song by the Five Americans. And, uh, but I would classify them not really more, not really, like, I get it's hard to, to say, because Nuggets, as envisioned by the original compiler of Nuggets, Lenny Kay, when he did the album, I think for Elektra Records in the early 70s, he did, like, a broad spectrum of, of, of singles some of them were garage. Some of them were psych. Some of them were kind of bubblegum. They had he had the third rail on there uh, with a song called "Run, Run, Run," and the third rail was uh, fronted by Joey Levine, who later became like kind of the voice of bubblegum because he sang so many of their hits, um, both as Joey Levine, but also he sang. Uh, he was the voice of the Ohio Express, so he sings "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy" and "Chewy, Chewy" and all those kind of songs. You know those songs, right? Yeah, I know those songs. Yeah, of course you do. You're my daughter, and so. Uh, so you know he so that that so that sounds there so I I, I can understand why they kind of put more bubblegum into it and it and it was a popular a popular musical form from about sixty seven to nineteen seventy I mean it was actually kind of a huge popular form because as pop music as say embodied by the Beatles that generation of, of music it kind of grew up and grew away from like the younger kids and started to appeal to older and older teens and into the early twenties and it kind of left this vacuum of of musical interest for someone else to step into and what stepped into it was bubblegum music so you had um so you had bands like the ohio express and the 1910 fruit gun company and professor morrison's lollipop shop and these very kind of elaborately named bands that sang songs that kind of were aimed even though they're love songs they're sort of aimed at tweens you know like kids that were just kind of coming into the teenage years you know, who weren't interested in their older brother or older sister's record collection and wanted their own thing. And here were these bands that, with songs that were very simple. You know, they're just kind of... This is the song that I am singing. You know, it's just very simple. And uh, and a lot of them were just studio projects. They didn't actually exist in real life. If there was a band, it was often just put together by the by the company we just put together, a, you know, a package uh, or a group of guys to go and perform and just to bring in some bucks. But they really weren't a band. They were just like some studio musicians and a guy like Joey Levine doing doing the singing or Ron Dante or whoever. So, you know, like bands like the Archies or the Hardy Boys, which were just purely animated characters who people were just singing for. So clearly they were studio bands. They weren't they didn't actually hire cartoon characters to sing, sing songs. Like, that doesn't work. There's no real Archie, as, as you probably know. There's no real Archie? Yeah. Uh, have you seen Riverdale? <laughs> yeah, I'll repeat that. There's no real Archie. Uh, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, so here's the five Americans, and this song, this song, I hope this is a hint for you, dear. This song is called Western Union. Things went wrong today, bad news came away. I woke up to find who I had in my mind. So we go from uh, we go from the letter to the telegram. Do you, do you see where we're going now, dear? Yes. Do you see what's next? I'm I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting there. You getting there? Get, you getting there? All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so um, yeah. So that uh, so the five Americans uh, uh, with Western Union. I think that's a, a really great song. There's a great hook and the use of the the telegram like sound to to. You know, the, of the sort of Morse code of the original old days of, of telegram when you'd go to the office and then you'd, you'd dictate your, your message and then the person would actually tap it out, uh, to, uh, by Morse code to the, to the, to the next station and then they would print it out there. And then it would be delivered to your house or residence by, by a Western Union courier. They would come to your house and deliver the telegram to you, which would be pretty cool. It doesn't happen anymore. They closed down. Western Union stopped doing telegrams. Not that long ago, really, historically. I th- sometime in the 90s, I think, they stopped. So it's really not that long ago that the telegram finally died. Uh, probably the email was really the final straw for... Once the email came around, they probably just saw the writing on the wall and decided to shut it down. But you were saying where you work, they still call for Western Union during... like. But I imagine that's just for uh, money orders. Yeah, I think so. Particularly for people who... Uh, migrant workers who come up here to, to work on the farms. 
often send their money back to their families and use Western Union as a as a way to send mo- like send a money order. Oh, okay. That's yeah. usually what it and is. And now it's just a major inconvenience for everyone because there's only one person who knows how to do it. Okay. And every time he's on his break, it's Western Union. <laughs> it's like, uh, can I get up? Gotta go put the front, put the sign up. No Western Union available. Oh, is there, is there a sign that's supposed to go up that says that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure these people need to send the money, so... I guess it's, let's, we feel sorry all around. We feel sorry for people who miss their breaks. I, as a person at work, who often miss breaks because people don't understand that noon is, that, you know, 12 o'clock is lunchtime and to sort of show up. I'm here to pick up a door and you're like, hey, it's lunchtime. What are you, yeah. what it's are like, you doing? It's like when I'm sitting at the, at the, like, at my table, like on my break at work, yeah. like my headphones in. Yeah. And someone comes and walks up to me and is like, hi, yeah, where is the sauce? <laughs> Where's the sauce aisle? I thought headphones were a universal sign for go away. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Hmm. You didn't obviously didn't read that article about how to how to interrupt girls who are listening to listening on their headphones so you can make a pass at them. Sometimes I just put them in. You don't have them on. I don't have them on. I just put them in. (laughs) Stops people from coming up and going. Where's the bathroom? (laughs) Do you see that sign over there that says washroom? (laughs) That might be a big tip. Big tip. Head, you're heading in the right direction if you go towards that sign. <laughs> Only it's locked. Yeah. That's what I learned. Uh, all right. So uh, so maybe people out there are maybe getting what the, the, where the technology theme is going. Because uh, our next song is really going to give it away, I think. This is going to, like, going to blow it. That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, blow it wide open, dear. The next song is um, it's by Nick Lowe from his uh, wonderful album Labor of Lust. That's the album that has Cruel to be Kind on it. You know that song, right, dear? No. Sure you do. Yep. Sure, yeah. yeah. I know it. I know, you know it. That song. And this song is, uh, I don't think it's actually written by Nick Lowe. I think this song was written by Mickey Jupp, who was a another uh, a pub rocker of that time. Because Nick Lowe began his career in a band called Brinsley Schwartz, who were a pub rock, pub rock band. They're part of this sort of pub rock scene that mostly gelled around this bar in, in England called the Hope and Anchor. And so there were a bunch of bands that, um, that kind of grew, this sort of scene grew around of kind of back to basics rock and roll. And a lot of people like talk about punk rock as sort of year zero, but actually before punk rock, there was pub rock and pub rock was also kind of, you know, it was very much stripping back the, you know, all the kind of psychedelia and the progressive filigrees of where rock was heading at that time. And they're just sort of taking it back down to guys wearing jeans and jean jackets, playing straight on rock and roll on a stage in a small sweaty pub, and just rocking it. Although, to be honest with you, I've listened to the I have I have a double record set of both Brinsley Schwartz albums, and and nothing about them stands out for me. Like I've listened to both the records, and not one song kind of leapt off the record at me and made me go, "This is great stuff." Uh, and I just thought it was okay. Whereas Nick Lowe. Uh, especially with Nicolo with Rockpile, I think that that time this really he really you know just really had it. It's just so super exciting music and really interesting, and and then um, uh, yeah I mentioned Rockpile. So it was what's interesting with Brinsley Schwartz is Brinsley Schwartz when they broke up, a lot of the band, including Brinsley Schwartz himself, who was a real person, the band was named after him. Uh, they became the rumor backing Graham Parker. And then Nick Lowe moved on to a new band, which was Rockpile, with Dave Edmonds, Billy Bremner, Terry Williams on drums, and him on bass, Nick Lowe on bass. And they started 
rock pile. And then what was interesting was that Niccolo and Dave Edmonds, as they did their records, would back each other on their solo records. So it's a Niccolo album, but in every other way, it's a, it's a rock pile album because it has all the rock pile guys on that record doing playing the music but anyway out of this pub rock scene was mickey jupp who wrote this song and let's listen to it now sweat spot susan won't you give me a line
All right, so that was uh, Switchboard Susan. So you see where we're going now? You see where we're going, hey? The technology keeps moving on. We went from letters to telegrams to the early days of the telephone when you had a switchboard, when you had an operator and you had to spin the little lever on the phone and then you'd get Myrtle at the uh, switchboard and you'd ask her to patch you through to Henry, wherever the, whoever Henry whoever Henry was and wherever what he did. And then you would, uh, and then, you know, you remember those days, Sarah? Remember calling up the old... No, you don't. Not quite. No, I don't... <laughs> I do not... I was probably a baby then, I think. Just oh, little. I think... <laughs> just really small baby. I don't even remember switchboards, to be honest with you. I do remember having to call the operator to, to like, call long distance. You would call, like, the operator, and she would connect you, you know, to a, to a real long distance. Like, if you're going to call, like, internationally long distance, you would, you would do it through an operator. And you don't really have to do that at all anymore, obviously, because there's now satellites to take care of all that. But in the old days, it was all done by people manually plugging in uh, jacks into various parts of a, of a switchboard to connect phones. Even when it wasn't just rural phones, it was still like in cities and stuff like that. I remember there's a great uh, episode of the radio show Suspense where this person's trying to make this emergency call across country. And this, the tent, the, 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 the tension comes from the fact that he's trying, he's trying to make this phone call. And, and it's really slow to do because it has to go from operator to operator, from city to city. So they're patching him through from city to city. So he gets one operator, they're like, you know, hello, how can I help you? You know, and they're like, operator, I need to get through to such and such. And they're like, they're like, okay, patching you through. And it just goes on and on. Like this whole show, it's really weird. But that's all the tension in it. This is, can he get, can he get this call through in time? past this bank of, of switch, switchboard operators that have to go from city to city, you know, from New York to Chicago, from Chicago to wherever, to the wherever to wherever, all the way to L.A. is the idea of the story, and it's interesting. And we don't really have that anymore, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the the um, Robert Redford film, uh, Three Days of the Condor, where he goes in to, uh, to a telephone switching station, and he, like, he has to, like, manually do some switching. I can't remember how it works now. It's been a while since I saw that movie. Even with satellites, though, I feel like the concept of long-distance calling internationally is still insane. Why? I feel like that would just cost so much. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't know how much phones cost now. But does it cost like money to call? Like, landlines? Like, because it used to cost money to call long distance. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was like actual gold was dripping down the phone line. Yeah. Like, your parents... So, like, your parents... Because you could call, like... You can call... Make an international... You could call England, right? Yeah. But like does it cost money? I don't know. I don't I don't, know I don't understand any cuz I feel like you can just email people. I guess you can just email them but does it cost money to phone like on you a cell Skype. phone? You does can Skype. Does it cost Skype? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. But like landlines? must do cuz if Skype exists it must be for a reason. And that's cuz it's expensive. Well, I think cuz Skype you want to look at someone is the concept. But you look at them very slowly as they freeze <laughs> on the screen and then they get a little loading I never... bar. I, whenever I talk on Skype, I never do it visually. I just don't feel comfortable looking at people. Yeah, no, I don't like that. It's like one time Mary and I Already accidentally, we used to FaceTime audio when she was at, um, in Burnaby because we yeah. didn't want to waste, because I think we have limited minutes. Yeah. It was like, why not? Why bother using it? Yeah. But we, one time we accidentally, like, FaceTime, FaceTime. <laughs> and it was just, we were, like, looking at each other. We're like, do you want to hang up? And then we're just going to, we'll try this again from the top because... <laughs> This is horrible. It's you awkward. just kind of leave your phone laying like face up at the ceiling and then you talk. Yeah. Because yeah. then no one has to look at anyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to see. All those iPhone commercials are fake. <laughs> They're like, oh, family. Oh, so happy to see. Oh, look, it's a baby. Oh, look at all the loved ones. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> Yuck. 
gross. And then you also have to, not only do you have to look at the other person, but you have to look at yourself in the corner. Mm, that's so funny. I don't know why that's an option. <laughs> I'd rather not. Can't I just live in, in like, ignorance? Yeah, that's right. Blessed ignorance. Like, you don't look, stare at yourself in the mirror for five minutes before, mm-hmm. like, going on FaceTime. Do you think the idea of, of video calling, which to me is, like, comes from the 60s, came from a time when people were way more put together than they are now. Like, nowadays, we're such slobs that we, like, you know, my, my, my daily apparel is a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And sometimes I'll throw a sweater on if, if you're lucky. But I, you're not going to see me, like, I don't even brush my hair in the morning. I just kind of, like, hand comb it and I leave the house. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, like, in the old days, like, you know, you see all these commercials or, like, the idea, like, in 2001, uh, Space Odyssey, where they're, like, long-distance calling video phone well of course you're reaching some lady who's like dolled herself up to go to the grocery store you know of course she's ready she's ready for any phone call or any video phone call anytime but nowadays we're we're not ready for that we don't put our makeup on all the time we don't yeah yeah it could be maybe people think that we're all just like big fake robots but then i also feel like (laughs) maybe that'd be a better way to have the people that you facetime like i'm not gonna facetime someone i've met twice no no because that would be very strange why I don't know. You just don't... You wouldn't do it. It would be like... It's like showing up at their house. <laughs> like, that's I such a strange... Strange I, concept. I've mostly only Skyped to do podcast interviews. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... I didn't... I just left it so I couldn't see the person. And then uh, I think only... And then I used to... Um, when we were doing the... Uh, when we were doing the coloring for Sparks, I occasionally Skyped Nina because I was... I was uh, paranoid about that I was blowing it all and it was a terrible mess. So I would Skype her and like try and get her to tell me exactly what she wanted. What color should I do this? Um, so yeah, it's uh, and I never we never saw each other then. We might send images back and forth, but we never we never uh, saw each other. And images of great. your faces. Images of her faces. What do you think? Like, it's tra- like a sad face. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh no! Not this again. You're just scrolling up. It's all sad faces. <laughs> then I just. I just sent her an image of me with like a goofy smile with my tongue hanging out of my eyes and spirals. I thought it was going to be an image of you just sweating. <laughs> sweating. Turning like, bullets. <laughs> rubbing it off your that's forehead. <laughs> that's my usual. That's normal. That's, yeah. that's something unusual there. That's how I work all the time. Um, okay, so the next, the next song is going to be... Um, I don't know. The next song is going to be... Uh, oh, it's a power pop song. Uh, so about this from the same time as Nick Lowe, but Nick Lowe was not working in a power pop, although, you know, in a way it was power pop, but for whatever reason, Nick Lowe was like, like slippery as an eel, was able to like rebrand himself from like old, you know, old hat pub rocker to new wave maven, you know, he was like producer of the damned. So he had like some punk rock cred. He was producer of Elvis Costello, so he had some new wave cred. And then he started, you know, he's putting out these albums with Rockpile, who were really like a bunch of old guys. Let's face it, if you see videos of them, like, Nicolo has gray hair. But, you know, he was able to, like, somehow, like I say, craftily rebrand himself as, like, part of this new wave rather than part of the old pop rock wave. But this band, and a lot of power pop bands, couldn't rebrand themselves into this new music, which, in a way, was just an echo of what they were already doing like power pop bands was a, a power pop was basically an american uh thing there are you know you can find echoes of it in, in in say british music but essentially it was an american scene very much based around bands who loved the beatles circa 64 to 65 let's say 
and we're kind of recalling that very kind of back to basics uh you know Brit- british invasion rock and roll and and that was a sound they love and they kind of wanted to reintroduce it so they had a lot of bands kind of wearing suits and looking very dapper and singing songs that were short sharp pop songs to the point pop songs and in in every way they were like a a precursor to new wave but when new wave came it just washed all these bands away and and even though like blondie covered this song that i'm gonna i'm gonna play for you this is the original version of it and i think a little bit better than blondie's because i feel like this version has way more way more kind of urgency to it than the blondie version does although i like the blondie version because that was actually the version i first heard but this version i think is is better it's a bit more urgent it's a little it's got some uh it's got some uh interest or not interest because they're both interesting it's got something something to it that makes you go ah it's compelling compelling that's what the word i was looking for anyway so we're gonna play the song it's it's by the nerves and it's and uh it's called uh hanging on the telephone so let's listen to that are you ready dear sure I'm in the phone with this one across the hall. in a band like that hey they're they're very influenced by that um and and it it is a bit different than the blondie one i'll play the blondie one uh just so you can hear hear the difference between the two of them here we'll play a a little bit of blondie here maybe all of it maybe a bit of it we'll decide as i hear it i'm in the fumble that's the one across the hall She said 
anyway, a little bit different than uh, than the Nerves version. Well, similar, similar, obviously, but a bit different. I mean, they're both both bands working in a similar a similar vein, but uh, Blondie were able to. Uh, I mean, Blondie herself, Debbie Harry, was in a was in a in a band in the '60s, in the late '60s, a band called like Wind in the Willows. This really kind of you know, like sort of a fantasy fairyland sort of folk folk group, and she was able to like come through the seventies and then be in this band that uh, this new wave band that that you know was a huge sensation in the, in the early eighties when I was when I was a, a young young lad. But that was from uh, Parallel Lines, the, that Blondie one. Anyway, anyway, so I think you understand which technology we're talking about by now, though, right, dear? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm getting there. You think we're getting there? That's nice. I like that. Okay, so so uh. So we're going through the various developments, the various developments of, of the phone here. And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question, though, dear. I'm okay. ask you a question. This is a very important question. Okay, very important. Very important. Get ready. Are, are you ready for this? I, I don't know. Might not be. Okay, here we go. This is the important question. Uh, do you know who Bob Duro is? No. Well, that, that goes to show. Might as well stop it right now. Okay, it was uh, really good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being a guest. How about Blossom Deary? Do you know who Blossom Deary is? You don't know who Blossom Deary is? Nope. Okay, well, Bob Duro, for me, is super important because he was, uh, he was, what, what do you, okay, it's hard to explain. When I was a kid, there was this, uh, and you know what this is, because you grew up with me, obviously, but when I was a kid, there was a thing on television, it was called Schoolhouse Rock, and I used to love it so much, I loved the music on that thing, I loved all the songs, and, because I was, you know, I was a song kid, so I really enjoyed music, and so I used to almost look forward more for the schoolhouse rock between the Saturday morning cartoons than the cartoons themselves. So basically, I watched Saturday morning cartoons on ABC because they played schoolhouse rock in between the the shows. And so they would do some would be on math, some would be on English, and some would be on history. The history ones were so-so. I know a lot of people like I'm only a Bill and stuff like that. I think it's okay. But I really liked were the 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 ones uh, English, you know, the kind of grammar ones. And and the 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 ones on math, those are the ones I really enjoyed. Now Bob Duro. Can I just say? Yeah, sure. Nerd. <laughs> well, you know, it's a fair cop. Um, when when uh, now the person who was responsible for the music, like the kind of overall general producer of the of the series, was this guy named Bob Duro, who was a jazz singer. He had sung. Uh, in, like a lot of jazz, he sang with Miles Davis, the famous jazz trumpeter. He had uh, sang a kind of an early version of the Swingle Singers, who uh, people who came to our show. What's that? I said Swingles yes. out there making all the phone calls. <laughs> I'm so sad for my team. <laughs> That's a joke only for uh, people who work with me. Uh, so then, uh, so then. Um, I'm sure people would know it though. No one will know that. It's a viral video. Oh, but it's not called Swingles in the video. Yeah, it's but... Banjos. Banjos. Banjos making all the wrong, wrong calls. calls. <laughs> uh, so then... Uh, <laughs> that is kind of a viral video, I guess. So then... Um, also, I don't like calling them viral videos. You don't like calling them viral no. videos? What do you call them? I don't know. Just not viral videos. I think it ages you. Really? Yeah. Viral so, videos. Viral videos. It's just a video on... It's a YouTube yeah, video. I just call video. it a YouTube video myself. Yeah. Does that make me old? No. Just oh, a video. Thank, thank God. I strive to be young so hard. That's why I dye my hair red. Yeah. Clown red. Clown um, red. So then... Not Honey Miss Auburn. Not Honey Miss Auburn. <laughs> That's another inside joke, dear. How many... How many Zach... How many sweet life of... Uh, of Zach and... Zach and Jody are there out there? How many sweet life of Zach and Cody's are there out there? Yeah. 
people big like fans. fans out there. Yeah, big fans. Who are going to get your honey mist Auburn joke? I don't know. I guess I we'll know. find out. Do you have any young listeners out there? Or parents? Oh, yeah, that's true. Parents. I, I caught by just being in the same room, I caught a lot of uh, sweet life. Yeah. A lot of sweet life jokes. Anyway, so um, this, what are they talking about? Oh, Bob Duro. So Bob Duro, the Swingle Singers, actually, I was going to say completely Beatle fans will know the Swingle Singers because a later version of the group did uh, a Beatles covers uh, album called Ticket to Ride, which is where I got the I Am the Walrus version that opened uh, completely Beatles. Anyway, so, um, and so when, when Bob Duro was in, was in uh, the Swingle Singers in, in France, he met Blossom Deary. Now, Blossom Deary is an American singer-songwriter, and she... She was like a jazz singer songwriter, and she's she performed for many many years. She performed up until I think two thousand six, just like before a couple of years before she died. She every you know every week she did her resident uh, piano bar singing, and she played the piano and she'd sing her songs, and a very very unique interpreter, uh, song interpreter. And so um, he, they were friends. And when Bob Duro started doing uh, started doing the Schoolhouse Rocks thing, he brought her in, and she sang Figure Eight. Which is a very beautiful song and uh, about figure eight that ends with with this figure eight turning and becoming signed for infinity, and uh, so so they were friends, you know. And then Bob Duro, see, I didn't know Bob Duro did this though. I only knew the music. I did not know who he was. I knew his voice from doing like Lolly 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 or Three Is a Magic Number, but I didn't know who he was. But when Can I, I just was, say I yeah. know who both these people are now that you've talked about them. Yeah, <laughs> and when. When I was uh, in my 20s and I, I got into like the Fugs and the Holy Motor Rounders, then I discovered uh, the name Bob Duro because he did the vocal arrangements on the Fugs album, It Crawled Into My Hand, Honest. And he produced the Holy Motor Rounders album, Good, Ta- Good Taste is Timeless, which was recorded in Scotty Moore's studio in Nashville. And so Scotty Moore, the guitar player for um, Elvis Presley in his heyday of the 50s was the engineer on the Holy Motor Rounders album and so the, I so I this name Bob Duro popping up in, in this music that I like and then I was later on when the internet became a thing and I was able to like read about stuff I was interested in I was reading the history of Schoolhouse Rocks and then I find out well darn it all Bob Duro was heavily involved in the music for these for these shows so that that's this kind of weird uh, s- synergy of, of interest because then also a uh, uh, a friend of mine got me into into Blossom Deary as well, and I did not know that she had sang the Schoolhouse Rocks things either when I first discovered her music through my friend. And so, and so, there's this weird convergence of all these interests of childhood interests, and then young adult interests in learning about things. And then it's kind of like Goofy Greats for me. Goofy Greats is this weird convergence of all this music that I love into one album. You know, the sort of rock and roll novelty songs and bubblegum songs and and garage rock and all that stuff. So anyway, uh. Ah, I forgot what I was talking about. Anyhow, oh, we were doing it with technology, right? So here is phone technology and its next, I don't know if it's a stage of development, but it's something that I, I remember. You may not remember, dear listener. And some of us will remember this. Some will remember this technology, the part of phone technology that was both a blessing and a curse. Uh, Let's listen to it now. This girl I know that she could have it all mm, The wedding ring, the whole darn thing I was willing to tie the knot So I called her up 
So 
Well, I'd say that song is the definition of cute. What do you say, dear? Yeah, I'd say so. You'd say so. You agree? Yeah, I agree. You you concur? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because the the I remember you know us getting our first answering machine when I was a kid. Um, I was a teenager, and and my parents brought it home, and it seemed like the greatest thing in the world that you'd have this thing in your house that would allow people to leave a message for you when you're gone. You know, before that time, it's hard to believe now, but you know, you'd phone someone, and then the phone would ring until you until you stopped ringing it. You would hang up the phone. You eventually, you'd just maybe eight rings in, you'd go, I guess they're not home, and then you'd hang up. Can I say that that is not at all unbelievable to me because our answering machine is always full. <laughs> so most of the time the phone just rings until someone gives up or the robot on the other side also gives up. <laughs> well, that, that, is the, that is the curse of the answering machine though because the, the positive of it is that a person can, can reach someone when they're not there. So a person can call, I can call someone and, and find they're not in and I can leave a message for them and what's great about it is that puts the onus on them all responsibility now for that phone call is off of me and it's on to that person the problem is is if you're the person who's getting the phone call now the onus is on you the ball's in your court because this person has now left a message with you and they expect you to call them back well most of the time i say screw that i don't want to talk to that person so you know i don't even listen to messages <laughs> they sit there on the machine until i have like 30 messages and then it's just full and then, uh, and then one day I, I, I look at it and I go, oh, I guess I better listen to these messages. And then I just go through them all. And it's just basically like all, all credit people calling me <laughs> or whatever, you know, pay up Dedrick. That's basically the, the phone calls I get. And then, uh, or it's a person with an important, and the problem with our machine though, is that for some reason, I've never been able to figure out how or why or what, how, how it works. I can't get the date right on it. So it never tells me what actual date or time people call. So I don't know when they called. Like, I've never been able to figure out exactly w like when Sunday is to this machine. So it's how many people phone on Sunday. I know they didn't call on Sunday, but it says that. And, and Do you want me to give you a suggestion? Sure. Why don't you call in? Yeah. And then you know what day you called in on. Oh, I see. Just leave a message. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. I'd probably forget, though. Yeah, probably. Because I don't check it that often. <laughs> but then that's you could just check on your phone and it would tell you. Yeah. It'd say this date. Huh. Life hack. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, put it in your suggestion box right next to the it, answering machine. I will put it in my, like if someone calls you on your cell phone, mm -hmm. like if I call you in, on on your cell phone and you don't answer, and then it goes through the voicemail, I just hang up. I never leave a message. No, I never. I don't. That's too stressful for me. To leave a message? Or yeah. To, to leave a message. Yeah. Oh. I have to. I'll have to hang up if I really need to leave a message. I'll hang up and I'll think of what I need to say. Yeah. And then I'll call again. Yeah. Because then, like, it, like you have your thoughts organized. Then I have my thoughts organized. You're also yeah. like, uh, 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 call, call me. Hang up. What? Was Eve having a seizure? I better call an ambulance. Yeah. Nine one one. I don't even know what day she called me on. <laughs> well, usually the machine tells you, but like I say, our our aunt's machine is is for some reason it doesn't have the right like the right the right date is on the phones itself. But not on the answer machine. It's really mystifying. I'll admit that I bought it uh, refurbished at a at a at a sort of you know like. Uh, you bought our phones refurbished. Yeah, I bought refurbished phones. That's strange because I feel like landlines don't cost anything anymore. Oh no no! But the phones themselves cost money. Really? Like they're fairly expensive to go buy a new phones. Yeah. Really? Yeah yeah. Huh. 
That seems like a bad move. On the part of phones? Yes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But I think it's probably even worse for them because before they sold so many that they their costs were amortized across like a whole bunch of sales. Yeah. And now it's become got to the point where, where not that many people buy f- those kind of phones anymore. And so now their sales are slowly diminishing. I like having a landline. Why? Because my phone, when at least when it was like I had my old phone, it was very unreliable. Okay. So, like, if you have a phone that lasts for, like, two hours of the day, unplugged, like, why why wouldn't I have a landline, right? Yeah. Like, it just seems logical. <laughs> I always thought so, and I mean... And it makes sense for people who have kids. I know a lot of people that have kids that don't have a landline. Yeah. Like, do you have a cell phone so you can call? Um, why? Get, get a landline. <laughs> Honestly. It's not that difficult. Yeah, I know. People just seem on a... I mean, it, it's sort of a, a weird expense to have. I mean, you know, it's like $20 a month that you're paying for a thing that basically only people who call you on it are scam artists or bill collectors. Or your grandparents. Or your grandparents, if they bother to call. Yeah, all of which you don't want to call you. <laughs> I don't want to hear from my mom. I do want to hear from my mom. She never calls me, though. No, unless it's like... She opted out of that at some point. Unless it's like, oh, you're driving there? Well, that's going to be a bad drive. No, it's, it's fine. We're good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, that song, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. I wish I, so I'm pretty sure it's probably Blossom Deary playing the, the organ part of that song or the keyboard part of that song. And then, uh, it's got like some, you know, pretty classy New York sidesmen on it. Jay Berliner, who is a pretty well-known guitar player, multi, you know, uh, instrumentalist, uh, played on a lot of, a lot of stuff. I think he probably played on like free design albums in the sixties been around a long time and then the uh grady tate the drummer uh singer or drummer vocalist he he played on that album as well so so yeah it's got some real nice nice musicians on there doing some some hot takes with the old stuff so uh, that's good and bob duro of course uh a very kind of an interesting voice that guy he's not like he's not like a voice that you go oh what a great singer it's not like mel torme you know the velvet fog you know uh bob duro is more like the i don't know what he would be not velvet that's for sure what do you think the burlap sack that a good description? Sorry, Bob, if you're still alive, I probably shouldn't have called you a burlap sack. That's not very nice. Okay, uh, it's kind of a mean thing to say. Ruthless. Ruthless, that's me. So let's let's go. I think that was five songs, right? Yeah, I think so. Wow, but you know what? You're not going to believe it, dear. There's a six. There's a six song. You, you guessed it. There's a six song, because I wanted to take it. I wanted to take it. Is this, that, I wanted to that, take is it. this that Beyonce and Lady Gaga collaboration? What's that? Called? What's it called? I'm pretty sure it's called Telephone. It's called Telephone? I feel like there's one called Telephone or like something about a phone. My phone's dead, so I can't. Can't look it up? Your phone died? No, I think it's at 1%. I just don't want it to die because it takes a really long time to turn back on. Yeah, yeah. Why bother? <laughs> uh, no, this is a song. Uh, I, I want to take us to the modern, the, the 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 recent modern era. This isn't totally modern because uh, I don't Cause, know. Because you're you? I don't know enough modern songs. Yeah, I you know I kind of check out at some point and and there's you know there's artists that I like that are new artists that are coming out. You know like uh, you know I've been like singing the praises of Kate LeBon lately and uh, field music. Well, field music obviously, and then uh, uh, this is the Kit. They're great. She's great. Basically, it's a one-person vehicle with a name like a band. And then uh, Jane Weaver just got her album Modern Cosmology in the mail today. That was pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm still listening to modern music. It's just that you know. So so little. Uh, unfortunately, so oh, few good, of them. Oh, a good, hmm? good. Yep. Tell phone. Me. Yep. Ready? You're gonna yep. love. You're gonna like this one because you like the song. Okay. Call me maybe. Why do you like that song a lot? Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. You, you, you won't believe me that I like modern 
like pop music, but I do. That's a very good song. Apparently, she has a really good pop album, mm. Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, Everyone really likes it, and they think it's very underappreciated. Yeah, well, a friend of mine, uh, a schoolmate, a former schoolmate of mine, Joe Cruz, uh, wrote some songs for that album and played on it. Huh. And did you know mm? that she is from Mission, B.C.? From Mission, B.C., everyone. The place with the beautiful view. Also known as Everywhere in BC, so that does not narrow it down. <laughs> everywhere in BC has a beautiful view? I'd say so. Did you say Aldergrove has a beautiful view? If you squint. <laughs> Yay, Aldergrove. Get, oh, get it at the right angle. As we're supposed to call it now, dear, the Grove. The Grove. Oh, that'd be a good, yeah. Yes. That's like when uh, when we call it the Whack, Chilliwack. Mm, that's better. It's, it's not. It's kind of gross. I don't like it. What are you doing in the Whack? Mm, yeah, that's a good, good point. All right, so uh, this song is uh, by Rufus Wainwright from his uh, very, 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 very good album, Want One. That album is this superb in every way. And its companion album, Want Two, is also superb in every way. The, the song The Art Teacher from that album, I was listening to the other day, and I was just like, I forgot how great this album is. This is such a great album. So yeah, this is a, a song from Want One, and this takes us up to the era of the cell phone. So here we go. phones on vibrate for you Electro clashes karaoke too I try to dance Britney Spears I guess I'm getting Phones on vibrate for you. God knows what all these new drugs do. I guess to have no more fears, but still I
we'll just end on that beautiful note of uh, longing. <laughs> I think that's a very good song with uh, that plucked the plucked strings and the uh, yeah, just uh, really you know that album has some rockers on it and then it's got songs like that on it. Just your typical Rufus Wainwright album, really. But uh, you know Rufus, right? We went and saw him play one time. Yeah, I remember that. I saw him twice, actually. I saw him open for Sloan, which seemed very weird. A big grand piano on the stage at the Croatian Cultural Center here in Vancouver with uh, Ruf, uh, with uh, Rufus singing with his sister Martha, just by himself on stage. There wasn't a band. Uh, just playing the grand piano. And then Sloan came out and just you know played the <laughs> four guys in this kind of very you know rock and power pop band. It just seemed like an odd conjunction of, of musicians, but uh, it was very nice of them to take him out on the road and... and I imagine ship a grand piano from look, you know, from from gig to gig. I remember seeing him. I think maybe slightly too young. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think I knew exactly who he was. Okay. Uh, what he was singing, <laughs> and why he was wearing like a big, almost like it was very like it was like a big capy yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was of, kind of weirdly elaborate. It was, and it was a very elaborate, and I was just like very confused. Well, that was an interesting concert because the first half of it is was basically him playing an album that he wrote for his mother who had just died. So it was kind of this purge of, of mourning and loss. And then there was a brief intermission. Then he changed back out. Oh, he changed out of that very kind of obviously sort of funereal garb. And then he did sort of a greatest hits part of the show. And that was one of those weird shows where you're like seeing a modern musician, a very modern musician, but the audience is really old. Because he was super popular on CBC, and at that time CBC, their demographic was oldies like me, but even older than me. And people who, and like I'm old, but I'm not old. If you know what I mean. Okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah, no, I get taste, it. My yeah. My teeth aren't old though. Like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like kind of like a fossil. And like these are like fossils. These are people that you know they heard Rufus on CBC, and they're coming out to see him play. And I kind of feel like they didn't quite get what they what they <laughs> thought they were getting because that was a that was a kind of a weird show. But it was a very good show. Uh, it was very it was very, it was you know the first part of the show was very beautiful. This 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 uh, you know this kind of morning just him and his piano by himself playing, and then then he was joined by I think he was joined by a band in the second half, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I feel like yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. The first part of it was so I don't remember most so things. startling. Um, you know, while we were playing this stuff, I had the sudden urge to play one more song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't. This is this is like an extra that I didn't include in the original version of this of the of the show. Actually, the podcast. So if that ever turns up, we'll uh, we'll um, we'll. I would like to just put that one out too, if if whatever if it ever shows up. So, uh, but I'm gonna play this song anyway because I think it's kind of fun. Now, uh, you know who the Beach Boys are, don't you? Yep. And uh, so the Beach Boys in the mid '70s were kind of going through. A, a kind of a mixed up time as a band like they, they had a lot of label problems they would like give a record to the record company and they'd be like here's a record and the record company would say yuck do it again <laughs> that didn't just happen once it happened a few times and uh so they would have these albums that would be put together and then the, re the record company would be like forget it or in the middle of like planning this record something would change and they would just kind of change tack and, every and all these songs would disappear like they'd all just go into the ether which is kind of sad for songs. But this song dates way back to the, the uh, Pet Sound Sessions. And when you listen to like the Pet Sound Sessions, uh, even the very first, the very first uh, um, reissue of Pet Sounds on CD had this as an extra track on it. It was a song called Trombone Dixie, just because it was an instrumental and had like no, no vocals to it. So they just gave it this, so this song, sound because it had trombones in it and sounded sort of Dixieland, I guess. Uh, but not really. 
And then, um, but then sometime in the 70s, um, Brian Wilson put lyrics to it and he wrote this song called Had to, Had to Phonia, which was, I think, on uh, the 15 Big Ones album. I believe that's what it's called. And so, and what's kind of fun about that song is it had has all of the Beach Boys singing on it, at, including, you know, like all of them, like Carl and Brian and Dennis and um, Al and Mike, all of them singing taking turns singing the lyrics of the song. Now, someone, and I don't know if this was done by a fan or if this was done for, for a, a collect, like a box set collection, but someone took a, a backing track that was done with a full kind of like band, not just like, because like, 50 Big Ones is a very simple instrumentation. This is a more elaborate, and, and then they added vocals to this. And I don't know if it was done by someone like just on their garage band or whatever, just make, making up, you know, making a song. Or if it actually was ever released, but it's sort of interesting to me. So you may maybe people out there have never heard this one. If they're a Beach Boys fan, they've definitely heard "Had to Phone Ya" on Fifteen Big Ones or on the uh, Good Vibrations box set. But this is uh, one that maybe people haven't heard before, and I'm just gonna play it because it's also a phone-related one. So here we go. This is this is the bonus track from this uh, from this from this uh, mixed-up episode. Here we go, everyone. <laughs> So that's our final, our final telephone one there. At the very, very end of the song during the fade out, you can hear Brian's wife Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Rovell, 
of course, Marilyn, nay Rovell, Marilyn Wilson, uh, you can hear her say, hey, Brian. So that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun, right, dear? Yeah. What do you think of that song? You probably never heard that song before. No, I hadn't heard that one, I don't think. Did you like it? Yeah, I yeah, did. It's kind of fun. Like, I, actually, when I listened to it, I was like, well, where's Brian in this? I'm not actually sure, because the problem with Brian's voice is, like, in the 60s, he had this sweet voice. He could do this beautiful falsetto, and, and then he just decided to smoke it away, and he smoked... And he got this kind of rough voice, but so did Dennis. Dennis also got this kind of cigarette roughened voice as well, from drinking a lot of whiskey and smoking a lot of cigarettes. And so you can hear him. First it's Al singing, then it's Carl, then it's Dennis, then it's Mike. And then I don't know where it goes after that. Maybe Brian kind of pops in after after Mike that sings there, and then and then we go into that fade out with the... the uh... And then I really like Dennis at the end there singing that uh, come on and answer your phone part with kind of impassioned, gruff voice. It was good though, wasn't it? But that was not the version that was released on 15 Big Ones. That was some other mysterious version. Like I say, I'm not sure if it actually was uh, ever actually recorded that way or if it was done. I, it's a bootleg I got from somewhere, and I, I, I don't uh, call group therapy. And uh, and that that was on there. So I do like it a lot. Anyway, so there you go. That's that's our that's our whole thing. So the technology. What was the technology we were talking about, dear? Was it telephones? It was telephones. That's right. Don't you think that was clever to go from letters to telegrams to switchboards to telephones to answering machines and then to cell phones and then back to telephones? Then back to telephones. Oh, you were you were you were you were uh, singing the praises of the landline. So let's yeah. finish with the landline. Might okay. as well. <laughs> because a lot of a lot of people who consider themselves modern poo-poo the landline, you know. And I think I think it's uh, I think it has some value, personally speaking. I mean, especially when you like your power goes out. Yeah. And. You know, and then your your cell phones are all draining, 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 and then you're all worried. And then, but you've got your landline. Your landline still works when the power goes out, unless you know it's a major disaster and like the yeah. telephone lines go down and stuff. My like that. favorite thing was when the power would go out when I was little, yeah. and I would like automatically go and call our next door neighbors. Yeah, and be like, "Is your power out too?" They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> yep, the power sure is out. I guess we'll sit here. That's pretty cool. But you could call still. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. Especially to check in. It wasn't just that Dad forgot to pay the light bill. Yeah. Is that? Uh... Is your power out too? No. Yeah. <laughs> Nine is mine. That was. Bad. <laughs> 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 oh, that did happen a couple times. I'm so absent-minded. Ugh. So terrible to pay that thirty-five dollar hookup fee. <laughs> what? You're just pressing a button there. What? You're not actually coming back to hook it up. Liars. Anyway, that happened with our television. <laughs> I got it better now. Now I've got it set up so it pays automatically. Until it doesn't, and then why isn't yeah, it paying automatically? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, when the debit card changes or something. Gosh darn it! Technology, everyone. It's it's a it's a boon and it's a curse. And that's why we like the landline. <laughs> there you go. When it works. Uh. So there we go, everyone. That was the top seven this week. <laughs> we stretched it. We really stretched it this week. But I hope everyone liked liked those songs, enjoyed those songs. And I hope that you will write in and tell us how much you enjoyed them. And sorry this show was a bit of a bit of a weird thing this week. Uh, Ian is sort of, it's sort of, we have a, a guest star with Eve. Thank you, Eve, for coming in. Yeah, no problem. I came very far. <laughs> all the way into Backyard. <laughs> backyard Studio. And, uh... And Ian, Ian's gone, of course. He didn't, he's not here because we're recording this two days before I'll see him. It's a real, it's a miracle of technology, everyone. And the fact that we can't keep our mouths shut and just give away all those trade secrets while we're doing a show. Uh, so, so yeah, if you want to contact us, 
We have a website. It's called Sneaky Dragon, uh, SneakyDragon.com, and you can go there. There's a message board. You can leave comments underneath the episodes. You can comment underneath this episode. Tell us your favorite phone songs. I'd love to hear. Love to hear. Call me maybe. That's a great song. Uh, you know, other songs. There's other songs. I'm sure they have telephone in them. People like them. Like that song, Telephone. Yeah. Telephone thing. Is that a song? Probably. I don't know. Could be. I think so. We'll just make it up. Beyonce up, and Lady Gaga. I'm pretty sure that there was a Beyonce and Lady Gaga song called Telephone. And it was like, kind of like a like a Quentin Tarantino style music video. Oh, really? I feel like it's kind of like... Lady Gaga and Beyonce? And yeah. I it was came out when I was in like probably like the seventh grade I feel like mm. so I don't really remember it it was like a big deal and I thought that it was gonna have a second part but I guess it didn't because I don't remember there being a telephone too <laughs> how'd you feel about Beyonce playing at Coachella was that exciting I don't know <laughs> I don't know I know that the yodeling Walmart kid played at Coachella that seems more exciting to me than, than yeah. Beyonce playing He's... there because Beyonce is like a world famous star like yeah. Feels kind of like a like a weird thing. Like, thing. Isn't Coachella like supposed to be like kind of an indie alternative thing? That's how I take it. Maybe I'm wrong because all I know the only band I, I think know... it's not. I think it's like oh, because so like I know thing. like oh, it's a fine. big thing because like uh, they've got like electronic bloop 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 people there too. <laughs> bloop bloop bloop. Yeah. Yeah. But you can be like an electronic band and not be like a big deal. I mean, you can still have like sort of there's big alternative. Deals. There's big deals. But they're big deals to play at Coachella. Yeah, I think See, the only band I, I I've ever known. That I've ever like seen playing at Coachella is Bell and Sebastian. I was like, well, they have Bell and Sebastian. They must be like a small, timey kind of like a small community-based <laughs> music festival. But apparently not. No, it's like two weekends. Oh long. my gosh! Okay, well, like so, there's like two weekends, and it's like every famous person goes. Oh well. And huh. like, I'm pretty sure that they've got like then, uh, as far as like we... they'll have like they'll have like Bell and Sebastian, but then yeah, they'll yeah. also have like they'd be on the second Justin stage. Bieber. I'm They'll, sure. I don't think Justin Bieber. Go- I have seen him like there, but I don't yeah. think he goes. Okay. Okay. But I think like I'm pretty sure Post Malone, which is like mm-hmm. this is uh, it's comparable. Not to Justin Bieber, but he is he comparable to Justin Bieber? He he opened for Justin Bieber. Like he's like okay. pretty close to Justin Bieber. He's a rapper though. Yeah, yeah. Rapper. I put that in quotations. I think I don't think he's not really a rapper. He's a mumbler. Yeah, it's he's more like a like a singer. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I don't. Uh, I know you know all these YouTube stars. I, I am not. He's not really a YouTube star. He's not a YouTube star? I thought he came to fame on YouTube. N- no, I think... Uh, am I getting it mixed up with... SoundCloud? Oh, SoundCloud. Is that what it's called? There's SoundCloud, there's Bandcamp. Yeah, SoundCloud. It was SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. Really? He became a big star on SoundCloud. Yeah, I know. Weird. Huh. Right. His first thing, he he was, was rap, though, for sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I guess it's a big deal that Beyonce, one of the biggest commercial artists in, in the world, played at Coachella. Yeah. Pretty daring of them to bring her. <laughs> really stretch the boundaries, folks. For being yeah, no one kidding. of the biggest selling stars. This is going to bring like a huge, you know, 15 trucks worth of equipment on stage and it's going to do her whole album Lemonade. All right. I, don't, I didn't mean to diss Beyonce, but somehow I just started thinking about I just remember reading about that at the time and wonder what you thought about it. Anyway, this this show took a terrible turn. I'm sorry. Uh, what was I saying? Comments board? Yeah, the comments board there if you want to write in and, and, and get mad at me for. <laughs> Putting down Beyonce for playing. I wasn't putting her down. I just didn't seem like that big. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I wasn't trying to put her down. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm just trying to backtrack now, everyone. Backtrack. You, you're like filling in the grave that uh, you had initially oh, dug. Yeah. I just want people. I want to pretend I'm woke. Um, so, hashtag woke. Hashtag woke. Uh, 
so yeah, you can write to us on our comments board. You can uh, find us on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. You can find us on Twitter at, tw- at uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. We are there. We are not square. You can write us an email. If you like to be private, if you want to write us a private email that I can publicly read out loud on the podcast, you can write to us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We'd love to get emails. It's because uh, I'm old, so I, I value emails above all other forms of communication. Uh, and uh, what else do we have? We have a Patreon. Do you have a Telegram? We have a Telegram at stop sneaky dragon. Stop. Please, please stop. Stop. Please, please stop. And then uh, we have. Uh, do I say we have Patreon? Yeah. yeah. And then Tumblr. We're on Tumblr as well. We have a Russian owned site mm. on Tumblr. Mm hmm. All right, everybody. So with that, we will see you again next week. Hopefully, with hopefully with a show that is not is on time for one thing. We're sorry that we're late this week. I really want to apologize for that. And uh, hopefully, it'll be a complete show recorded in one sitting. Me and Ian, mano a mano, face to face, talking to each other's, looking in each other's eyes, uh, doing our show together. All right, everyone. Bye. You say bye to dear. Bye. <laughs> Dirt bags. <laughs> <laughs>